With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh my goodness. Are you noticing? Are you noticing the downfall of college football right in front of our eyes as we sit here in the month of March? If you're not, we'll explain it to you. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. Thrilled you're with us. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Before we get to that, though, Chris, um, what's your favorite dessert? Uh, like, I'm a huge chocolate guy. Molten lava yeah. chocolate cake oh. with vanilla ice cream. Okay, I'm in. So let's <laughs> let's go with that. Someone Now I want some. So, Gavin, yeah, that's right. Somebody. Nick, go, go get us some of that. Okay, so uh, when someone slides that in front of you at a restaurant, do you just devour or do you take your time? Probably depends. <laughs> usually, though, usually I'm going to have it after a meal right. as so a dessert, not, right. so I'm so not, not going to devour it. Right. Yeah, I'm going to slowly time. eat it, take my time. Enjoy yeah. it a little bit. So uh, you and I might have to do that today um, because these next four hours here on Fox Sports Radio uh, will be uh, the – Final four hours of this pairing yes. on this network. Uh, now, I'm sure as soon as we say that, somebody will call in sick or something like next week, and we'll probably <laughs> end up just doing a show again together next week. So it's not like I'm not going to see you. Uh, it's all good. but And I'm uh, going to be on your Ballers with Babies that's podcast. Right. You if keep I can, standing if me I, up. If but I could have ever one day I'm going to get on gosh. there. But anyway, <laughs> yes. Um, everybody knows every six months as we uh, shuffle the, uh, the the deck a little bit and as we move into the basketball playoffs and out of the NFL season, uh, the Mark Willard Chris Broussard show uh, is going to uh, is going to be set aside on the shelf here for just a second. Yes, yes, I'll be going to Sundays. You'll stay right. on both. days. I'm still going to do both days. I will move to Sundays. New I'll partners. miss you, man. Yeah, I don't want to get it's too emotional. 
You know, but uh, I'm going to miss you're a you. You're a gentleman and want. a scholar. If you want to cry, it's okay. You know me. My wife watches Oprah. It's all good. You want to cry? Go right ahead, man. It's all good. Uh, so I'll see if I can make you cry over the next four hours, and we would love to hear from you all day. Uh, 877-99 on Fox. I watched uh, four random letters, uh, which were all smashed together on these guys' jerseys last night. Nobody knows what the hell they stood for. UMBC. So I, I watched them blow Virginia off of the court yesterday. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, immediately, my thought goes to, huh, and college football tells us every year how awful this would be if it ever happened in their sport. And any of us who think it could happen in their sport are stupid. That's what college football tells us every year. You're stupid if you think that the little guy would ever beat the big guy. Well, look, in a one-and-done situation, anything can happen. Sure. And I, I'm going to compare it. It's not an exact comparison. Boise State beat Oklahoma. Right. Now, Boise State wasn't UMBC. University of Maryland at Baltimore, Baltimore County. County. Right. Now, when I, I got it. <laughs> now I gotta we just, know. Now I got to be totally honest. <laughs> when I first saw the matchup, I had to do a double take. Like, okay. I thought, wait. Am I reading that right? Like, I, no no disrespect to UMBC, but it looked like a community college. Right. You know what I mean? Baltimore right. County. Nobody knew. If you had polled America as they filled out their brackets, what does UMBC stand for? You're talking about less than 2% who are going to get oh, the answer yeah. right. I say far less than right, that. Right. Anybody basically outside of Baltimore <laughs> probably wouldn't have got <laughs> right. it. And, you know, look, here's the difference, though. I do think there's a larger gap between the haves in big-time college football and the have-nots than there is between those two groups in basketball because of the physicality. Okay. Like, the the big schools, big-time D1 programs are so much physically advanced over the smaller guys that they could get broken in half. Now, we know – and then, look, we see them play. Like a Mac school, an Akron, a Kent State, a Buffalo, an App State, you know, which we know beat Michigan mm-hmm. years ago. But we see them play the big boys in the beginning of the season, and they usually get beat by about 60. Okay. You know, so. However, that usually happens when one plays 16 in basketball. How many years have we been doing? Well, you've six, had close games, seeds, though, but, but you've had but close you've games. never won. No, no, never. no. But there have been close games. Sure. What I would say. I think what they should do, I think the answer to this, and you may agree because I know you're against the way things are set up too with the BCS and all that. The answer to me is simple because I'm with you in theory. Let's give every D1 school a chance. If you're Division One or FBS, is it? I, I get it yeah. mixed up, FBS, yes. FCS. Yeah, you're onto it. If you're Division One, you should theoretically have a shot. At the national championship, Most if you if you're not gonna get a shot, let's move you down to FCS. So if you're if I say what you do is just like FCS, the Division One AA of old, you have a playoff with 24 teams. They have 24 teams in FCS playoffs. That would give every conference, smaller D1 conference, the winner of that, you're in. Yep. You would be able to give everybody a shot, and then hey, if a small school somehow works its way up to the title game, then so be it. They probably 
They won't most of the time, obviously. Uh, the but you give them way a they shot. Don't, right, the yeah, same way they don't in this. But George Mason once made the Final Four and UMBC beat Virginia. And by the way, they beat him by 20. Like, And by the way, here's the other thing. I'm open to any of these ideas that, that you've brought up, I brought up, or anybody brings up. It, just, I, I, it, it struck me last night because I'm not even talking about UMBC. That wouldn't happen in football. Does UMBC even have I, football? I, my guess is they don't right? even have a football team. I'm talking, of course, about... For example, Central Florida. This is not this is not some laying in the weeds with tumbleweed rolling down the field program. This is a large program. It's not Alabama, it's not USC, but it's Central freaking Florida. Yep. It's not nothing. And I I got really tired of this in December and January quite frankly. People were pointing and laughing. Oh, you're one of those dummies that thinks an underdog can win a football game. And I'm watching this last night, and I'm struck not only by the fact that Virginia's losing, because Virginia's not just a one seed. Let me remind you, they are the one seed. They were the top number one seed in this tournament. And they didn't lose because somebody hit a half-court shot. They got run off the floor. They, They couldn't even compete. And at no point in that game were they the better team. Well, are, you, think, are you telling me UMBC is better than Virginia? They were last night. I know, but and are in, you telling and, me they're a better team? Doesn't matter. No, uh, no. Of course uh, I'm no. not. Okay. Of course I'm, I'm just not. asking. What I'm saying though, and this has been my fundamental argument from the beginning about college sports, because to a smaller degree, hoops does it too. They also go into a ballroom and decide who gets to go. They just get to decide who's number 67 and who's number 68 as opposed to who's number three and who's number four. But sports is not about we – do, we fall into this all the time in college sports. We act like sports is about us deciding who's better or even letting the, 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 the teams tell you who's better. It's not about who's better. It's about who wins. It's about who plays the game and who wins. If I asked you two years ago, Warriors and Cavs, who do you think's better? You'll say Warriors. Uh, you could matter. ask me that today, and I'd say Warriors. Correct, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> they didn't win that year. I agree. And the Cavs and LeBron get the ring. So if you want to play sports, let's play sports. Not about who we think's better. It's about who wins. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's why I say the only thing to do is open it up to a playoff system and stop having us, right. sports writers, coaches, whoever it is, pick who we think's better. I, I totally agree with you. Now, I think I still think Virginia, and I think most people say, is better than UMBC. Of course they are. But in a one-tournament, a one-and-done type format, anything can happen. It's less likely to happen in football, but it still could happen. And, again, you're absolutely right. The whole purpose of sports is competition. And if you did in the NFL, we've said it before, if we just picked who we thought – were the playoff teams and picked who we thought was the best team without playing a Super Bowl, Most in most cases, we'd be wrong. In most cases, Almost we would not right. pick the Super Bowl <laughs> right. winner. Right. So I, I am totally with you. I, what I want to get to, and maybe we'll get to it in, in the next, uh, after this break, there is a lot of talk. I think everybody I've seen on television has said that this is the greatest upset in NCAA tournament history, I beg to differ. Well, it depends on what word you use, right? The greatest upset or the biggest upset? 
I mean, I think in most people's mind, it's the same thing. I get it technically, yeah. I mean, technically, how, it's the like, biggest because it was 16 over one. Right, but, I get all but, that. But how great is it? Because how memorable is it? Because even sitting here today, I don't think I can name a player on either team. And it wasn't a great finish. Like, I always envisioned one of these days, a 16 is going to be the oh, one. Oh, yeah, you knew it was like, coming. Like, the game is going to be tied, and some little kid who's, you know, 5'8. At 150 well, they pounds, had their little point guard. Yeah, I don't exactly. know what he was. He's going to pull up much from bigger. He's going to pull up from behind the arc, and he's going to hit that buzzer beater, and everybody's going to run around the sports bar. This thing was over with six minutes to go. I'm like, oh my gosh, they just got run off the floor. So it wasn't a great game uh, in in terms of you know closeness. Yeah, there weren't memorable players. So was that like the greatest, most memorable upset of all time? Not even close. No, not even close. No. But was it? The most surprising upset of all time? I mean, you can make that case. You could make, make, ca- make that I, case. I get it. Again, I get it technically. 16 over one never has happened before. I don't know how long the tournament's been running. 135 and 0. Number one seed versus right. six. So I get all that. But to your point, there was no mystique about Virginia. Okay, I know there's at least. None of a- their players are. NBA big time right. NBA prospect. I know there's a game or two that that that's on your mind as far as what should keep that uh, title. We'll get to that coming up. Your calls eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, there was a huge trade in the NFL this morning, and it was huge, even though no players exchanged hands. Uh, we're going to get to that down the road. R.J. Bell in Vegas in ten minutes. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. All right, so if you're going to go to the upsets that you really remember over the years in college basketball, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I think the biggest upset, upset, at least in my lifetime of college basketball history, I mean, they're, the UCLA, who was it that beat UCLA with Lou Alcindor? They was lost that, the game. Uh, was that uh, Chaminade? No, Chaminade beat Virginia, Virginia with Ralph Sampson. Right. That was a regular season game, but that Dang was a huge it. I know upset. exact game you're talking about. But, yeah, there's about. one. I don't, I don't think it I was Houston with Elvin Hayes. No. But, but my no. point is just that in my lifetime. Give me two seconds. I'm mad at myself for not being able to remember that. I believe <laughs> it is North Carolina State 1983 over Houston in the NCAA championship game. Right. And here's why. That North Carolina State team would not have even made the tournament if they had not won the ACC tournament. And the only reason they even won the ACC tournament, let's check, they did win that, they won the ACC tournament, is because remember that was, that was, I think it was the first year of the three-point line when conferences were experimenting with it. And in the ACC it was ridiculous. The three-point line, remember, it went across the key. So the three-point <laughs> right. line was in between the top of the key and the free-throw line. So the three a three-pointer was like a 17-footer. And they had, I think Terry Gannon was his name. They had some guys that could shoot it, Derek Wittenberg, Sidney Lowe, from that range. I mean, most guys from that range, <laughs> that college right. guards could shoot it from that range. But that allowed them to win. They won the NCAA or the ACC tournament. Then, because of that, went to the NCAA tournament. And they upset a Houston team that had been to the Final Four the year before, 
had two future Hall of Famers, Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, right. who people may say, well, you didn't. We knew those two were going to be great NBA tell. players. Oh, yeah, you can tell. Whether, you know, you never know if a guy develops into a Hall of Famer, but we knew they were top picks in the upcoming drafts, and they got beat. So to me, that, and then if you want to go Villanova over Patrick Ewing in right. Georgetown, Georgetown in 85. Yeah. By the way, it was two. Houston over UCLA in 68. Okay, Elvin Hayes. Yep. I don't, and even that, I would say, well, they had Elvin Hayes. I mean, he turned into an all-time great, well, all-pro, you know, Hall of Fame player. See, this is, this is my point when I think about this conversation. You're never going to see that again, in my opinion. Now, uh, at least not until the rules are changed. The climate of college basketball exists now in the one-and-done era where you're never going to have, first of all, players that great that are going to move into being sophomores and juniors and seniors. And number two, even if they're not that great, let's say they're just a really good college player that doesn't pan out in the NBA. That's fine, too. There can be greatness there. Um, But uh, we don't even necessarily see that because we never get to know these guys. We never, ever, ever get to know them. So uh, we're, we're in an age now where, like to me, and I happened to cross the Fab Five doc on TV again the other night, so this is super fresh in my mind. That year two for the Fab Five, where they lost in the final to North Carolina, Chris Webber's timeout game. Yep. To me, and there might have been others that were sort of in that era, but that was the last game that I feel like I'm going to really remember that in terms of the characters who were involved. Yeah, I, I feel The last you. iconic college well, basketball team. Well, and just to tell you how different it was, that Fab Five team, when they were freshmen, the fact that they were winning shocked everybody. And upset people, too. Yeah, I mean, you could – the fact that you could start – and forget, I mean, what upset people, I think the long shorts, the black socks, you know, they had that swagger that now is just a part of basketball, mm-hmm. but they were one of the, of the first to really bring that like that. Hip-hop, you know, music and, and basketball were kind of just beginning to merge, and they were a big part of that. But just on the court, the fact that five freshmen could win yes. at a high rate and be one of the top teams in the country was stunning. It was. Think about that. It yeah, was stunning. Even so the average fan, though, you knew about the Fab Five. I remember hearing about the Fab Five as they were coming in. They got this nickname. Yep. It was like, wait till you see this, and we're actually going to start all of them. And that was a crazy thought. Now, of course, at Kentucky Duke, all you get is starting freshmen. But the idea that they were even going to start was a big deal. But for Americana to really know who they were and, and feel them and get to know them and understand those characters, that took all the way until that first tournament where they went on a run and went all the way to the final and lost. And then here's what kicked them into iconic. Oh, they get to come back and we're going to do this again. Yep. And from the get-go, it was like, can they win the national championship? And their attitudes grew, and that was the whole story, right? They believed that they should be getting paid. They were watching – uh, so many people make money off of their likeness and, and their decisions. And so that became this thing that you either really rooted for or rooted against, depending on who you were and what you rooted for. And so you got that from day one in college basketball. That does not exist today. I'll give you that, but I'll, I'll throw in one outlier. Uh, I think the Kentucky team of a few years ago, when they had all those freshmen, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Trey Lyles, all these draft. You had the Harrison twins. It was 2014, 15. All these guys that got drafted in the first round, yep. they went 38 and 0. 
Now, you're right. They weren't as big as the 5-5 just because we didn't have that much of a chance to get to know them. But they began to build this kind of iconic, invincible status as the season went on. And then when they lost to Wisconsin, you know, it was a big deal. Had, had a team like that lost to a UMBC, it would have been a humongous upset. Oh, my gosh, unbelievable. And so no. that's where I say you could – again, you're right because of the change in yeah. landscape. It won't be like it was 20, 30 years ago. But something like that where you get three or four of the top kids in the country to go to one school, they're all going to be high NBA draft picks. They can build up through the course of a season – this type of mystique about them. Yeah, but all and you, then if they lose, it'll be a huge upset. But what you knew about them that year was that, wow, Kentucky is really good, and they're supposed to beat everybody, and apparently they've got they some got NBA all these prospects. Draft picks, right? T- but, lottery picks. But you don't know them from a character standpoint. I'll be honest with you, and I watch a lot of this stuff. Um, by the time we got to the tournament, if Devin Booker was standing next to me at the grocery store, I would not have been able to tell you who that was. Carl Anthony Towns, maybe he's seven feet. But <laughs> Devin Booker has become a bigger name since getting into the NBA. Because no, it I turns get, I, out I, yeah. he's better than what even people thought he'd be as an NBA prospect. Carl Anthony Towns is exactly what we thought he'd be. He's the only one. So if that group, a group like that, all came back for a second year, then we're going into a status of like, okay. I have a chance to know who these people are, but that'll never happen yeah, again. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, because I think honestly, the one and done is is going to be done pretty I soon. Do too, I don't know if it's you're... this year, next year, but all signs from the NBA are pointing to it being done. And um, you know, look, I, I think part of the reason too, as you said, what everything you said was true. However, I would throw something else in. We don't care as much about the regular season in college basketball as we did back then 100%. because of oversaturation. Like, well, and, like and it, not you, knowing the characters. No, I, we don't look, know, like, I wouldn't we even say the I don't regular think it's season just a, Fab Five games. We because watched. the game each game was bigger back then. The game was on Saturday afternoon, and you know there were like a few college basketball games on national TV Saturday afternoon, and a lot of people were tuned into them, watching them. You didn't have tons of games on Monday through Friday night of college basketball where every game wasn't as big. So I think that's a factor as well in why we just don't care as much. Now, I will throw this in at you. When Ben Simmons was at LSU, he was playing so well. He was on SportsCenter, or, or even Trey Young, like this year. Yeah, there was a minute. There are guys. There was, there was a minute. There are guys that can build up that type of mystique quickly. Now, they, they may not have the great team, but let's say you had a Trey Young-type team, you know, or a Ben Simmons, his team had been great. Yeah. I think they could have built up a mystique. It happens quickly. It won't be like you said when guys stayed two or three years. But it still can happen to a lesser to degree. To a lesser degree. But, yeah, I think people have to come back for that second year. And that's the problem with college basketball in general, right, is that these, the, the brackets, the way they're all built, have become obsessive for all of us. Everybody fills one out. Except me. No one knows what they're doing. 
<laughs> I likened it. I walked in here today. I said I the Harbin is the I know. Was I'm like me filling out a bracket. And, and I work in sports media. Me filling out a bracket is no different than if someone walked over and said, hey, will you help me finish this quantum physics problem? <laughs> I know. And you follow it. And I know as much about both things. Yeah. In other words, me filling out a bracket, it's like, oh, I, I got the Loyola of Chicago game. And I'm running around squawking everybody like I had any freaking yeah. clue what I was talking about. Yeah. I got lucky on one, and then I had Arizona running all the way to the end, and I got unlucky on the other. Honestly, I, mean, I have no clue. Nobody does. That's a big reason why I stopped filling out brackets. When yeah. I was a kid, I mean, I was filling out brackets from the time I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old. <laughs> and I remember yeah. thinking as a, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade, I was like, I'm going to save every bracket. I ever make and then look back years from now, see how you did, you know, oh, you had Magic Johnson in oh. Michigan State going here or whatever. And about 10 years ago, I was so enmeshed in the NBA that I, I wasn't able to follow college basketball as much as I did back at, back in the day. And, and what like, as you said, when I would fill out my bracket, I was just, it was like guesswork. Yeah, like I, I didn't, yeah, I had wall. no idea. And I was just like, I'm getting tired of this just, filling out a bracket. I have no idea what's going to happen. And then I stopped. And what I found, man, I, re- I enjoyed the it's tournament more, more yes. when I didn't have a bracket. So I haven't filled one out in about 10 years. I've run this test, and, and, and I can back what you're saying. It's true. People don't buy it because they're just like, can't. That, that, that's they what don't I'm really like basketball. It, it's an they addiction. May not, yeah, they can't it, be in it, yeah. into it, unless they have a betting interest the brackets are an addiction and and if you let go of the addiction for a second you will actually enjoy the tournament more (laughs) but it's hard for people to trust that and people like rj bell will get really mad at us for talking about that actually (laughs) so let's let him jump in here in a minute and uh and he'll join the show but first david gascon with the latest we do have tournament action I use air quotes there, David. <laughs> action going on right now as we speak. You mean action like money being passed along to winners of the the betting sides in these well, couple of games? Well, I just mean like there are actually players that are sweating on a court right now yeah, and playing. It's not it's not really good action. It's like, you know, one team has a lot of points and the other one doesn't have very many. I need to ask both of you guys this though. You guys play fantasy football, right? I do, as you know. I'm a I'm an well, epic we player. Know. My I last know. I played I played fantasy football one year back in like 1993. Chris was a one and done God, back in '93. He went pro hell, after Chris? that. Yeah. It, yeah, I was it. It was just, I mean, it, crazy rooting interests. I didn't root for teams anymore. I just looked at my individual players, what they did, and, you know, it just wasn't for me. Man. Wasn't for so me. You take away that along with obviously – See, I like football. Bracket. So many people just want to bet. That's the same thing you with the tournament. I like you do basketball. Both. Right. You're both. I'm cool watching the games. I don't have to have a betting interest to oh, be interested. And I'm not saying you do, Mark. Yeah, this is a very snooty opinion right here. But there are a lot of people – you said a lot of people wouldn't can't give two cents – about the NCAA tournament if it wasn't for their bracket. Oh, it's 100, of course. So I'm just 100%. saying that. And same thing with football, NFL football. Yep. Man. Yep. Getting right I to that. I shot you, right? right? No, no, you did. You no, did. 1993 when you preach? last played. Hey, Dick, one, can I get an amen? You slipping, yeah. man. One, Come one, on. One thing, I've learned about, <laughs> one thing I've learned about the truth over the years, it, it hurts. It does. It, hurts. it does. The truth, the truth almost always hurts. Guys, yep. a couple of things right now in college basketball. Number one, Villanova ripped up Alabama 81-58. to And Rhode Island's getting carved up right now. 7.02 to play in the second half. is a timeout on the court. It's Duke 74, Rhode Island 49. Marvin Bagley in this ballgame 
20 points and 9 rebounds. He's 7 of 9 from the field. Off the court, I don't know if you guys saw this, but something you can dip into later on in the show. You guys remember Big Baby Davis? Of yes. course. Yes. He was having some fun. And apparently he was arrested after police found 126 grams of marijuana and also a briefcase containing $92,000 inside of his uh, hotel room. Wow. Wait, what state was this in? Uh, it's in Maryland. Oh, I should have come to California. Maybe, maybe, maybe. to California, everyone would have been like, but dude. But maybe he was parting it up after he saw UMBC win last night. Well, well that I'm was a, I got to be honest. And, and look, I am not a drug user or promoted or anything, but I'm going to give Big, ba- Big Baby a pass. Why? Because like wait. you said, he could have been, if he's in California, <laughs> are we not one country? If he's in California, it's all good. Well, it depends. Well, wait a minute. Are you allowed, are you allowed to have 126 grams in California? Yeah, if you got a think, store. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The I don't know what they're just guessing. It's like a mobile weed connoisseur or something. Like I'm your, just saying. Uh, like, mobile weed you can, chauffeur. You, you could just sleep in it, a bed full of it now. And California's just like, whatever, bro. I'm just saying, like, what's the, if, if we're saying no, I, it's cool. Fundamentally, you know, I do legal, agree with this point. Yeah. Like, come on. I don't know about a hundred. 126 grams. Oh, he dealing. He dealing with that. But I'm just saying, you got legal dealers down the street from where we are right now. It's all good. Chris's morals. He came to California and they dissipated. Just like everybody else. Back to you guys. All right. Thanks, Dave. Good stuff. Uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's get RJ Bell in here right now at RJ in Vegas on Twitter. Pregame.com. Straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Friday, 11 p.m., Saturday, 10 p.m., both of those Pacific times. RJ, uh, thanks so much for jumping in. I think you can prove a point that we were just discussing oh, a minute Mark. ago, and I don't mean the weed point. Yeah, no, go ahead. Let What's me up? jump in for yeah. I was I just listened to all that, right? <laughs> We've got a concern about Chris. He is so disconnected from the average fan. The average fan, stoned right now probably, right? or drunk yep. at minimum, yep. and they've got probably six bets going. Chris is like, I don't use drugs. I don't bet. Right. It, I'm in it for the purity of the yes, game. Yes, I am Very a pure example. I'm the example of purity America's, in the America's landscape. Uh, moral compass. He's like a librarian on sports radio. He's just wagging his finger at everybody, but, RJ. But no, so not wagging, just being light. Just being light. Not but wagging. Somehow he's not wagging living. the finger. He's living in his mansion because of it, so we got to give him credit. I know. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, um, mansion. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. Well, yeah, until he moved to L.A. But anyway, uh, RJ, uh, prove something for us. We're sitting here talking about how, you know, kind of the iconic college basketball team's not going to exist anymore because we don't get to know these guys. And then we're also talking about, you know, this is the only inverse sporting event, I think, that exists, which means – uh, it gets kind of less entertaining as it goes. What is the bigger weekend in Vegas? This one or the one two to three weeks from now? Oh, this one. I it's mean, not this even w- close, right? This weekend from Thursday through this Sunday is the highest level of degeneracy <laughs> you're going to see the entire year. Because really, the only competitive times you would say, okay, Super Bowl weekend. You've got more celebrities for sure. You've got more big money for sure, the private planes and such. But it's three, four hours on a Sunday. Otherwise, it's a busy but normal weekend. A big prize fight, Mayweather, Pacquiao, et cetera. Same kind of thing. This starts Thursday, goes through Sunday, and you've got the average man on the street. 
Now, this is a guy Chris doesn't relate to, but I can, <laughs> is that average guy. He's up at 6 in the morning, right? And that's where you got to literally be at the sports book by 6 to get a seat. Games start at 9 Pacific, 15 hours of action, have a burrito, and then sleep for five hours, maybe. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Come Sunday, it lo- it's like the aftermath. That's all That's all you can say on Sunday. <laughs> a lot of people walking around with 1,000-yard stares, and they're kind of rubbing their eyes a lot come Sunday. All right, RJ, since you are so in tune with the average guy, okay, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what was the reaction to last night's upset, UMBC over Virginia? Were, were I mean, I guess a few people probably were happy because a few people just took the risk. But in general, what did that do to the betting public, if you will? Well, it, there was one person in particular. He had $800 on the Maryland team. I always get the name. How do you guys you, use the name? University yeah. of Maryland well, at Baltimore, Baltimore County. County. Yeah. Okay. I'll go Everybody UMBC. knows that. There you go. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's actually um, Whitlock was talking. I think that's where Stringer Bell actually got his associate's <laughs> there degree. There you go. On the wire. Is that actually a, true? There's a I lot. think so. Yeah. Wow. 25 to 1. It sounds like a community college, like a two-year junior college. Yeah. To, to win that game. They were UMBC twenty-five to one. So hundred wins you twenty-five hundred. You might think, oh, who's going to bet a hundred on it? One guy bet eight hundred. Now he only got twenty to one. Eight hundred to win sixteen thousand wow. dollars. Sixteen thousand eight hundred. That's great. But I that feel was like, it. Uh, yeah, I feel like you say one guy. You should bet a. You should win a million dollars if you. you know, I hear if you. If you bet eight hundred dollars on UMBC to beat Virginia, you should win a million dollars. I mean, th- think about it. The uh, at that point in the modern era, the number one seeds were a hundred and thirty-five and zero. Right. And so he walks up and goes, "Okay, so this has happened zero out of one hundred thirty-five times. Okay, give me eight hundred. It's going to happen this time." <laughs> That's amazing. And he's right. But you know, this I would say this: if I have a, if I have some free money that I'm, I can bet because it's not going. You know, it's free money laying around. I don't mind losing it. Why wouldn't you bet on maybe even all four sixteen seeds? Well, you know, you know what I mean? Because if you if, if if I can if I don't mind losing that money, but the reward would be so great, I, I think that'd be a smart thing to do. And in a way, all joking aside, Chris, that is the lottery mentality that a lot of gamblers have. When you play the lottery, everyone realizes it's a or almost everyone very unlikely to happen. And if you get into the math of it, it's not good math because the government holds fifty percent back which is their cut out to just run the lottery. And then once you win, they say, okay, you won half. We're going to take 40% of that half. And then the state's going to take a percentage. So you only what? get about a quarter. So really? It, it re- oh, wow. I mean, think about it, right? Because <laughs> the government's getting their cut twice. But people think, who cares, right? If I'm going to win millions, what's the difference? So people do love those long shots, no doubt about it. Hey, RJ, we're up against it, but have a ton more questions. Can you hang out for a few more minutes? You know I can. Uh, beautiful. All right, more more with RJ Bell coming up, Fox Sports Radio. That would be their, uh, their death lineup. We're just having a little NBA discussion. We'll get to it coming up top of the hour. Uh, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Uh, it is our fantastic voyage here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, this will be the final show with this pairing, at least for now. 
um, as we head into our uh, our summer months. And by the way, also coming up in a little bit, we'll tell you what we are going to be doing uh, starting next weekend here at Fox Sports Radio. But right now, hanging with R.J. Bell at R.J. in Vegas on Twitter, pregame.com, straight out of Vegas, Friday and Saturday nights, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Pacific, Friday, Saturday, respectively. So 10 p.m. Pacific coming up tonight. Uh, you'll hear R.J. And in the midst of the tournament. What a great time to uh, sit back and listen to that. So, R.J., I know Virginia, at least, I think this was based off of the odds you tweeted out before the tournament started, Virginia was the second overall favorite to win the thing. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, Villanova would have been a smidge ahead. Okay, so Villanova remains, I would assume, the favorite to win this thing. And who now, uh, and also based on what we've seen these teams actually do, who's moved up the board? You know, one game isn't going to move you very much. Uh, The team I thought had some real value, and I I still do, though obviously each win is going to decrease the payout, is North Carolina. Because... I, in my opinion, there's no sport in which the difference between a team early in the year and later in the year, that difference is the biggest in college basketball, especially with the very young teams. When you have a team with a lot of freshmen, some sophomores, the way they play in November and December, very different than the way they play in February and March. And because of that, the people who look at these season-blended stats, I think it's often deceiving. And to me, North Carolina was not an elite team in 2017. A couple months later, I think this is one of the five or six best teams in the country. And North Carolina, you could have got before the tournament started at 18-1. to So that's where I see uh, the value. And, and obviously, with each win, it's going to be more and more obvious North Carolina is a good team. RJ, with UMBC's upset, do you see betters kind of looking for that next big upset? And if so, who who are they kind of, you know, pointing to? I think the betters for sure think like that. But here's a, I think a contrarian point, which is, I think this upset decreases the chance of upsets today and tomorrow. And when I say upsets, I mean double digit types. Here's why. If you're a type of team, I mean, we've all had this experience, right? You're in the college dorm or high school, whatever, and your buddy gets busted for drinking or whatever, and you're thinking, huh, maybe I should be a little extra careful with my booze and, <laughs> you know, in the next couple weeks. Well, if you're a, let's look at some of the big favorites coming up here, right? So you've got tomorrow Kansas State against the same, the very same uh, David over Goliath kind of situation. Kansas State's favored by 10 and a half. What's the chance that K-State takes them lightly? I don't think it's very good. The other big favorite we're looking at here is West Virginia, a 13-point favorite tomorrow over Marshall. Do they take Marshall lightly? WVU, I don't think so. So, yeah, I think the public's going to say, huh, the David can't slay Goliath. I think Goliath is saying we better watch out. You know, we're sitting here talking about these upsets, and uh, RJ, I'm wondering about that South region where three double-digit upsets have all taken place just in that bracket. In other words, Miami and Arizona and Virginia were all in the same bracket. So how has this changed the odds for some teams that nobody was really thinking about? You know, Cincinnati's the two-seed out there. Tennessee's the three-seed. Suddenly, they're in great shape. And while no one was thinking of them, at least, you know, not, I think, at a high level, uh, they're a five seed, but they are a blue blood. Kentucky, 
What what is now happening with them being that they stand uh, to take on Buffalo, uh, followed by uh, either Kansas State or UMBC? I mean, that's what they need to do now just to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, very savvy question, Mark, because whenever you have future odds, people think of them as a proxy for ranking how good the teams are. Oh, Villanova, they've got the best odds. They must be the best team. No, what future odds are is how good you are, yeah, intrinsically, but then in addition to that, how easy or difficult is your path to the title? And as you said, you look at a Cincinnati, however good they are, and we've talked about them a good bit, Cincinnati, on Straight out of Vegas right here on Fox. Specifically, they, on a Friday night during the conference tournament, they were double-digit favorites, just barely won the game. On Saturday, they were double-digit favorites, just barely won the game. A lot of people started getting sour on Cincinnati, but we looked a little deeper and said, you know, they're pretty much locked into a two seed. They're not going to be a one, probably weren't going to be a three. And thus, if you come in a game where you just need to win, and even winning probably doesn't matter all that much, what's your motivation for margin? What's your motivation to win by 18? Cincinnati didn't have it. Now, obviously, a very motivated Cincinnati team with, you know, a pretty amazing defense. And those defensive teams, they tend to, they can gain momentum, right? When they feel like they're playing well, it keeps going. So I agree with you 100%. We'll be putting out after this round, come early Monday morning, we'll be putting out the updated odds to win the title for the 16 teams left. But the path of Cincinnati, I think, if they can survive this weekend, will make it a much better odds for them to win the tournament than if they were playing, let's say, a normal amount of, you know, the one seed and the other high seeds. RJ, great stuff as always. 10 p.m. Pacific tonight, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Give us a little teaser. What do you got coming up on the show tonight? You know what we love to do is we're actually recapping the games which is a little bit boring because most people do that. But then we have the next game and the lines are ready for the Sweet 16 we'll have tonight. So <laughs> should be fun. How long after a matchup is set does it take for the new line to come out? If it's during normal business hours, yeah. it's literally within a half hour. Now, <laughs> wow. when it gets late night, the bookies tend to slack a little bit, but but usually within 90 minutes at the most. Come on. Business hours in Vegas, that means any hour. That's Come on, RJ. Well, uh, hey, uh, listen, <laughs> just like on radio, right? You guys are on. I know we got to run. You guys are on the middle of the day. You're the A team. We're on the middle of the night, the B team. So uh, it's know. not the same. I don't know if it works like that. But anyway, RJ, great stuff. Great All to right, talk RJ, to you. Good Thanks, job, Chris. Baby. Thanks, Mark. All right, there he goes. RJ Bell, pregame.com. And again, you can hear him tonight. 10 o'clock Pacific time on Fox Sports Radio. Um, All right, coming up next, we got a bunch of stuff to get into. I think the NBA conversation we were just having, what could be the death lineup for the Lakers coming up next year? We'll get into that. Plus, there's a fascinating college basketball player. Uh, Who is he now? Who is he going to be next year? His tournament run is already done. We'll tell you who we're talking about next. All right, Marcus Thompson in a half hour, every warrior is hurt. Um, But I think it might actually not be that bad of a thing. Uh, We'll get to that. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Chris, piggybacking off the conversation we had last hour about the college basketball problem with its fans, its championship presentation here gets worse as it goes as far as a fan product because everybody's so into the brackets and because of the one and done we don't get to know these players that much 
One of the players we did get to know at least a little bit this year was Trey Young. And uh, I am, by nature, when it comes to big money outfits, cynical. And the NCAA is a big money outfit. So when you show me that Trey Young and his Oklahoma Sooners RPI 48 with a record of 18 and 13 make the tournament, and USC with their RPI 36 and an FBI investigation doesn't make it, yeah, call me cynical. Trey Young is the reason Oklahoma's even in the tournament because he's one of the guys we wanted to see play. He played one game, he played well, and and then that's it. He's out. But I got to be honest. I'm glad they put him in the tournament. Of course. Of <laughs> I course. wish they had put Ben Simmons in two right. years ago. <laughs> right. I mean, I get it totally. Now, USC got snubbed. I think they deserved it over Arizona State. You know, and you can name did. a few other teams. But I'm glad they did put Trey well, in. And by the way, it only went one game. By the way, in retrospect, can any Pac-12 team argue oh about gosh. anything? This is the worst year in the wow. history of the no conference. Question. No um, question. So there's all of that. But uh, sticking with Trey – I almost feel like, because here we are, he's going to go pro. His dad sort of spilled the beans the other day. Did he, though? I'm, I'd be his shocked. Dad, his dad said he hopes he'd think about staying as a sophomore. I'd be shocked if he comes back. I agree, but I don't know that it's a done It probably is. You I, think, I think he's going to be a lottery pick? Yeah, yeah. Well, if yeah. he's going to be a lottery pick, I can't blame go. him, and, no. and he probably should. He his For basketball reasons, he should stay. But right. when you're hot, look. If he came back next year, people are really going to over-scrutinize. Over-scrutinize his game. Yes. And unless he comes back and just completely dominates college basketball and, like you said, wins to a high level, uh, he he may – I don't know if he'd go lower than he would this year, but it's an interesting decision. I just think that uh, life is already set up right now to be unfair for him, and part of it is his own doing. I am reminded – of when Reggie Bush was coming out and ESPN did a video piece of content with Reggie sitting with Gail Sayers, watching highlights of each other and sitting there and talking about how similar they were. And look what happened. Reggie Bush had a great career and nobody thinks he did. Everybody uh, thinks great? he was a boss. You think great? He had a really good NFL okay, career. really good. Really good. Now, I wouldn't go great. Like, he had a he career. Was a diso- he was not as good as we expected. Which is our problem. Like, he, if you said. Wait, when was he picked? Number two. Okay. So he didn't have the type of career that yes, warranted a number two yes, pick. Yes, he did. When, when, when yes, what he, did. he was in college? No. He, he I, was phenomenal. And, and again, if, he had a good career. If I offered. But great. If I offered any NFL team. Right now, at the number two pick, the stats. Forget the name. Forget the jersey. The stats. They would take it. Oh, but, you might take it. Yes, but, but he but he was this it, guy it doesn't was measure split, up to never our, made a Pro Bowl. So what the Pro Bowl never was all all NFL yeah, hard, but, all I mean, that's Pro the running back position that wait the you, Pro Bowl you is, running back you always have some running backs in the Pro Bowl I understand it but by he nature, never was one of the best running backs in the league well he didn't end up being an, a three down back he's, well he's smaller. That, that's another thing but he, <laughs> if you but, can't be a three down back but he crushed it first of all as a pass catcher as a special teams player. Like he won a Super Bowl. I'm I not mean, drafting guy, you number two to be a special teams player. Special Look, teams I, are this huge. This Reggie he's Bush not, conversation. He's not a special teams player, but he he absolutely helped with that. My point he is, he was good. I just think you overstay. Come on, great. My point is, 
he was a lot better than people realize because we were told, hey, look, it's Gale Sayers, everybody. We were just told it, Mark, though. We saw it. The dude was freaking unbelievable in college. But even he had a bigger back next to him in college because he wasn't a three-down guy, and we ignored that. And if I wanted to really go deep right now and find all the different ways where Trey Young is not Steph Curry, this is going to be a long conversation. But we don't want to do that as a society, do we? We go, look, he points to the sky when he makes a free throw. No, come on, you're understating. And he clearly played like he's clearly inspired by Steph. His and game so, is, yes. is pat he, from the the range, the shooting range. Uh-huh. The dude shoots from 30 feet. Great. And I'm not saying he's going to be Steph Curry. I, I, I'm Good. not saying Good. that. Because he's not. But what I'm Spoiler saying, alert. You, know, you don't know. Yes, we do. He's better than Steph Curry was as a freshman. I'll say that. Uh, Steph Curry is playing against freaking Wolford, College of Charleston, Samford, schools like that. By the way, Trey and this Young, guy led the league, the nation in didn't he? Did he still lead the league, the nation in scoring and assists? Team went eighteen and fourteen. Yeah, but they were in the Big Twelve. That's better than sorry, the out, Southern out, Conference. Outside of Kansas, what does that do for you? I mean, what what are we not learning about Arizona getting trucked Kevin by Buffalo? Texas team wasn't great in, when it, no, in his one year there. Well, that's precisely the point. The, the like, only point I'm making is that the comparisons to Steph Curry aren't based on pointing to the sky after you make a free throw. The comparisons are based on the shooting range, the quick release, the ability to finish at the rim, the passing ability, the handle. Maybe superficially people look at the size, you know, the the skin tone and complexion and all that. But the main reasons the comparisons are being made is because his game, even down to the carelessness, the the turnovers, the bad shots, the bad passes, that's all I'm saying. That's why people are comparing them. It's it's based on – uh, our one, our desire to see this. We always did this with Jordan. Who's the next Jordan? Who's the next this? Who's the next that? So it's based on that, and it is. It's based on something visual that reminds us of Steph. However, Trey Young by midseason was already uh, inspiring articles about how he's the next Steph Curry. He idolizes Steph Curry. He's admitted that. He does point to the sky after every free throw exactly like Steph. And to say this, oh, this might be the next Steph, is to basically out yourself as someone who doesn't understand why Steph Curry's really good. Like the idea that Trey Young, the idea that there will ever be another Steph is kind of crazy. Somebody who's 165 soaking wet pounds, being able to finish at the rim at the NBA, we didn't think Steph coming into the league would be Steph. Not even half of what he's become. So why would we pin that on another guy, we're going to end up in a spot where when this guy is only, let's say, 70% of Steph, we're going to go, eh, kind of disappointing. As opposed to being like, wow, that's a really good NBA basketball player. No, I mean, look, if he's not a star, then people may say, depending on where he goes in the draft, yep. you know, depending on how things play out, if he's not a star, people may look at it as disappointing. Chris Jackson later became Mahmoud abdul Rauf. People look back at his career – in the NBA and say, probably say it was a little disappointing because he was so phenomenal in college. And to the point where when a Phil Jackson and other NBA players, ex-NBA players have told me, when Phil compared Chris Jackson to Steph, when they said, oh, he reminds me of Chris Jackson or Mahmoud abdul Rauf, 
People laughed. People thought it was ridiculous. I had ex-NBA players tell me that was on point. Like Chris Jackson or Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf played like Steph. If he had played in this era, he would have been Steph Curry. But we tend to look at his career as a disappointment because he was so good at LSU. Right. And he wasn't like a perennial all-star. So, yeah, if Trey uh, Young doesn't become a star, people are going to look at it as disappointing. But that's just – that comes with the territory of being a great college player. It does, but I I just – I think that even Trey himself uh, probably would be well-served to throw a little water on these comparisons. But what should he say? What should he do? Say. He should say what a lot of people do if you get compared to that as opposed to things like, yes, uh, I am absolutely inspired by – uh, Steph Curry and and almost feeding into the idea that I am trying to be Steph. But hold on, there's something wrong with saying I'm inspired by there's Steph nothing Curry. Nothing wrong by saying I'm inspired by it, but the quotes in, that we've seen so far and the mannerisms suggest that he is actually trying to be that. You don't think as Kobe to did that Trey. with Michael Jordan? He did a little bit. You don't think LeBron? Kobe? LeBron does the powder toss. Jordan did the power toss. Powder toss. LeBron. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron there's LeBron nothing about LeBron, number 23. but there's nothing about him that ma- that looks like he's trying to be because Mike. Because he can't. His game is completely no, different I mean, than Mike's. Mannerisms. And his body language Kobe and everything had, Kobe is different. Kobe like, even adopted the mannerisms. This is a good comparison. Kobe And it worked like out for was, Kobe. It did. <laughs> however, however, as great as Kobe is, one of the greatest players of all time, you will still hear people not nah, it didn't measure up to MJ. Well, of course. You hear that with everybody. Well, that's ridiculous. No, like, but you hear that with everybody. sixth best player of all time. What a disappointment. No, no, no. You, you <laughs> never – I have stupid. never heard anybody say Kobe's career was disappointing. Have you ever heard anybody even allude to that? I have definitely heard people say it still didn't measure up of to course, Michael. Of course, because you hear that with every other player that ever played in the NBA. LeBron's no. getting that. He, he's not Michael Jordan. But Kareem, Magic, hold on, Bird. No. Outside of nobody's no. compa- See, LeBron, Michael Jordan. LeBron and Kobe are the only two. They don't, we don't compare because centers. Because they came after Michael. But no, we don't compare centers. We don't compare Shaq to Michael Jordan. Because he's so big. That's but, what I'm saying. But my point is, but even compare with Shaq. Compare Tim Duncan to Michael Jordan. Yeah, but even with Shaq, you hear he wasn't compare Kareem. Compare the guys that are at the same position. You hear, you hear he Young's wasn't not Kareem. Gonna get, Trey Young's not going to get compared to Michael Jordan. No, my point is this. He'll only get compared to Steph Curry. And if he's not Steph, it's going to be disappointment. My point is this. Nobody's disappointed in Kobe Bryant. Who in the world is disappointed in Kobe Bryant's career? Oh, oh uh, zero question. Who? Zero question. I mean, give me an example. Not one person. I don't want you to give me a name. But <laughs> yeah. you actually are guy. sitting here There's telling me. There's a guy. Me. His name is Nate. And he lives yeah. uh, up in North County. <laughs> no. You're very- actually telling me, Nick, you are an avid Lakers fan. Are you guys going to sit here and he's tell about, he's me he's about to agree with me? I'm that wildly people confident. are disapp- disappointed. If you want to say he's not Michael Jordan, I totally agree. Well, Most people agree, but that but to say you anybody could have the audacity 
to be disappointed with Kobe Bryant's career? Uh, yeah, they're called Celtics fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, there you go. I no, think that's on my side. No, I think, all, all I'm saying is, disapp- yeah. no, all I said was when compared to Michael Jordan, which in it's my- just saying they weren't as good, but that every there's not a player no, alive that anybody thinks is as good as Michael Jordan. A few think no, LeBron. Kobe that's came it. out and idolized Michael. There was the finals in New Jersey. He showed up in Michael's jersey for the clinching game. And so people don't even compare Kobe to anybody but Michael. Because they, and they uh, you won't said com- it, same position, very similar type games. There are a lot He's of guys. the closest thing we've ever seen to Michael Jordan in terms of style of play. We, like, don't, we don't compare every two guard to Michael Jordan. Because they're not even in the same stratosphere. Kobe is in the same stratosphere as Mike. Not quite as good. Well, I, but I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a compliment for Kobe Bryant to be compared to Michael Jordan. I'm not saying it's not a compliment. Of course you're not going to compare Mitch Richmond did, or Reggie Miller no, or you, Ray Allen to you, Michael Jordan. If you have a career like Kobe, there should not even be the, well, <laughs> but you weren't as good as this guy. There's not that. That's insane. There's not the There well, is that. No, there isn't. I think there what is. What there is is Kobe Bryant is top 10. Michael Jordan is the greatest. Kobe well, Bryant for, was not for, as good as, as LeBron, Jordan. Except for LeBron, of course. I, I just look. I'm just saying, like to say it. I cannot I'm just get with. To, I the just trying to chip you up. I'm just trying I know, to chip but you up. I'm just saying. Come right, on, Mark Willer, Chris. Poussard. We got to keep this going. The Warriors are all hurt, and it might be a great thing. I'll explain. Coming up. <laughs> all right, Marcus Thompson coming up in ten minutes. I finally watched Straight Out of Compton. Finally, <laughs> yo, I'm you telling didn't see you. It before I wanted to see it so bad. And I'm telling you, when you have three children, 10 and under, <laughs> it, if, if, if it doesn't say Disney Pixar next to it, you're yeah, host. You, you can't watch that. You're host, right. Kids. And when am I going to, like, even if I wait until it comes out to where I can, you know, uh, get it on demand or something, yep. when the hell in my house I'm going to be like, okay, everybody, uh, well, go, at, what about go after read the, a book. I'm going to turn after on. the kids go to bed. I'm going to turn on Suge Knight. Just... <laughs> Pummeling some dude outside of a car. Like, there's just, I mean, it's very, it's very difficult to find the time to watch that. No, nah, I hear you. I, I had so two it, key, young I find, kids growing up. I mean, what, for, did you like, like it? Like three, four years now, I've been like, man, I got to watch I can't believe you didn't, you didn't see Straight I finally watched it, yeah. Did you see Black Panther? I haven't seen it yet. Tremendous. I can't wait. Trem- it, I can't wait. How, this in, is how in good 2023, it was. I've set aside a night. <laughs> no, you can watch that with the son. With the son. You yeah, that's watch true. That's son. true. I'll take him. I'll take him. It's take so him. good. When I went to see it, it was the second week out, and I had huge expectations just because what everybody was saying. Sure. And I, I went in thinking, man, I'm going to be disappointed. Because, you know, when you really when expect the time, up, yeah, I was yes. like, it, it can't live up to it. And it still lived up to it. It was even better than I expected. So it was great. And, Nick, that's what I'm talking about, man. You hit me with a dope beat. You hit me with a dope beat. And it was West Coast, too. Nah, I like that, man. Black Panther is LeBron. Massive hype and expectation. Oh, good. good. I like that. That's right. That's a great comparison. And it meets it. That's a great comparison. Okay. I give you that. Okay. that is a, I didn't know where you were going, <laughs> but the I, you're right. Movie of all time. Nah, you're right. And he lived. LeBron lived up to the hype. Lived up to the which hype, is which is incredible. Which is the hardest so thing to do. Hype. It's my favorite thing in sports. This even happens sometimes within a game. You know, like if uh, you you have a Super Bowl that's like a perfect matchup or whatever, and it ends up being a tie game with a minute yep. to go, and someone's driving down the field. Like when you have huge hype and interest and expectation. 
and sports meets it. That's that's the absolute candy shop of the, sports. The toughest thing for LeBron, and he he deals with this. I mean, we'll get into him a little later, but is coming after Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's going to plague every single great player, like all-time great player, especially when you're a perimeter player like Jordan, roughly Jordan's size, even though LeBron's much bigger. Steph Curry doesn't really have to deal with it because no. he didn't have the hype, number one, and also, you know, he's a different position. He's, he's tiny. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. you still – I still feel – when he drives the lane <clears> – <throat> excuse me. When he drives the lane, you still don't expect anything. Well, it, you it, still it, don't it, expect that's anything. the interesting thing because I've talked to people – now, look, I've long said Isaiah Thomas, the legend, not the current Laker. All due respect to him, though. He's not a legend. IT4. He is a basket. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Isaiah Thomas, the legend, <laughs> is the greatest small player of all time. I could buy that. I brought up recently, Steph yeah. is challenging him. Oh, yeah. But some people were like, well, is he a small player? He's 6'3". And then we talked about it going further. This was an ex-NBA player, and it was like, okay, below the rim player. Oh, because Steph is Steph you, is a small player. Yeah, but I, I that's what six, I was thinking. But he's six three. Like you don't consider Westbrook a small player, and they're the same height. They are. Yeah, I mean they're both listed as six three. Yeah, and Steph Westbrook, is legit six three. Don't get me wrong. Westbrook's got shoulders from one side of the yes. court to the other. Yes, he's Steph, bigger. Steph is. <laughs> but I don't know this, this notion. Little wafer. This note, but that's that's. I don't how think that's he, accurate. How much do you weigh? I don't know. I mean, I don't know, 180, whatever, but that, that's I, not – he's six. He's a legit 6'3". I, I bet he's not even 180. And I know that whatever – He's probably one – I don't know what I know, he is, I he's know. But he's not – he's not this little – like you just said, he's what – you call him a wafer? Yeah. He's not that. I mean, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> But he's six. He's listed at one ninety, and I'm okay, like, he no, probably, he's not. He's not one ninety. I'm one ninety. I'm one ninety four. So he may be one ninety. He's probably he's six three. Hell out of he's here. He's not that frail. This thing like, is he's ten pounds less than Russell Westbrook. I don't buy it. I do. I don't buy it. I mean, seriously, like this notion. I mean, you're you're solely buying Kyrie, it right now. Kyrie is listed at one ninety three. You telling me that those guys are pretty much the same? Yeah, I, no, am. I don't buy it. Steph's actually, I think, a little taller than Kyrie. Might be a half inch taller. Yes. Yeah, so, now I don't know if he's a half inch. Like, Decker whatever. Yeah, he's a little. Th- but Steph is not Kevin right. Durant at 6'3". Oh, thin, you mean? Yeah, Steph is a little. Yeah. He's not. But Vince Carter is muscle bound. I mean, you don't have to be muscle bound. He's not, though. Just a little thin. See, you're playing he's into the He's just a little stereotype. baby. This little cute, light-skinned <laughs> guy. Got that and, little girl next to him right? at the press conference. They That's look about the same thinks, size. But, nah, Steph is 6'3". <laughs> Can finish at All the right. rim. Come on, man. All right. Well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, and Marcus Thompson's to jump in here in five minutes. Uh, we love it when Marcus uh, is available to jump on with us. The Athletic uh, Bay Area and, uh, and has been along the Warrior beat for a long time. I look at these injuries with this team, and they played the Kings last night and didn't have anybody. Draymond Green played. That was the best player on the floor. <laughs> they almost won, but no Steph, no Clay, no KD. And, uh, and they almost won anyway. But I look at this and I think, okay, first off, I understand that Kevin and Clay both have what amount to, you know, broken bones. Yes, fractures. So um, they're not serious fractures, but they are broken bones. Steph is more of a, a, a mystery with what's going on with the ankle. But I tend to believe that in these cases the Warriors are uh, overdoing how much time these guys actually need off because they're turning this into – um, you know, like quasi rest 
uh, along to go with injuries. And the Warriors have so often looked disinterested this regular season. They're not going to catch Houston, and nobody's going to catch them. They're going to be the two seed in the West. Why not just say, okay, we're going to be the two seed in the West and give these guys a bunch of rest going into the playoff run? I think this could actually work out to be a great thing for them. Look, of course getting rest is good going into the playoffs, but this is not a positive. This is not a positive. Why? Because your most important player, Steph Curry, has incredibly fragile ankles. I'm not so concerned about Durant and Clay. although you could make the argument that a fractured thumb on your shooting hand, you know, could impact his stroke, which would be huge if Clay can't be Clay in the playoffs. Yeah, he's supposed but, to be back before April, and there's yeah, two, back, three weeks but, into April before the playoffs even start. Back, but does it impact your stroke? It yeah. still can impact your shooting. Remember, now, the, the finals I'm, are I'm, still four months away. <laughs> Get there. Get to the. I mean, okay. I'm talking about getting the to the conference finals. finals are still two two months away. Look, in general, I think Clay and Durant will be fine, yep. and Draymond. And I think I would bet that Steph will be fine. I'm over fifty percent that he'll be fine. But he has sprained his ankles, which we know were problematic early in his career. Correct. Four times in the last three months. Twice. The second time he sprained it. He was shooting around by himself. The the fourth time he sprained it, he didn't come down on somebody's foot. He was just coming down, and he twisted his ankles. Now, when you have bad ankles the way he does, you know they're taped up. You know he's got the extra stuff. Whatever, Everything that can help support the ankle is there. And you still sprain it just by yourself, coming down, nobody's foot, nothing involved. That could be a problem. That's all I'm saying. Well, if they and yeah, if, if he they, is if he is not healthy, I'm saying it. They will not win it. I agree with you. They will. He is their most important player as far I'm, as I'm, I'm not sure they're going to win it even with him. Well, I mean, but, Houston is legit. Yeah, they're, they're 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 legit. But and I agree with you that Steph uh, has now actually kind of taken that title. He's the most important guy for them. Yeah, He's I the think Durant is the best player. All around, you know, obviously he's a much better defender. Yeah. But I think Steph is clearly their most important player. Some people think they – I've had guys jump on me and say, well, if he's the most important player, he's the best player. You know, I, I think I there can be a difference. I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Well, and we've watched them play without Kevin Durant, and it's done really well. They're 25-5. and five. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's changed because he's yeah. out now, but everybody's out now. But a week ago, they were 25-5 and five in the last two years without Durant. Well, and the two years before that, they went to the finals exactly. two years in a row without him. So, um, all right, Marcus Thompson jumps in here next. We'll get his thoughts on the matter. David Gascon right now with the latest. As the next round of March Madness games have gotten started, The uh, that Buffalo team, the Buffalo Bills are playing again. Look, uh, look out for them. They crushed Arizona the other night. Well, they're not doing too well right now, but they're only down by five. There's 14 minutes to go in the first half, and Kentucky's in front right now by seven, 14 to seven. Earlier on today, Duke ran right by the competition. Ten-point lead. Now here is Bagley, left of the lane. Two men on him, spinning in traffic. His shot is good. Imagine doing that at nearly seven feet tall. That's amazing. What athleticism. Dan Hurley's seen enough. He wants a timeout. 
Westwood one on the call. Duke blitz Rhode Island in the second half. 87-62 is the final. Bagley had 22 points on 8 of 10 from the field. And number one, Villanova prevailed over Alabama 81-58 in the National Football League. The New York Jets made a trade today with the Indianapolis Colts. They've moved up a couple spots. They have the number three overall pick this year. Indy gets the number six this year, along with the 37th. 49, so it's two second round picks, and then also a second round pick in 2019. One other note in the National Football League, Dallas Cowboys have informed cornerback Orlando Skandrick. They plan on releasing him. Fellas? David, good stuff. Thank you so much. What does it mean when uh, Geico says his 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? And you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, Kentucky is playing this Buffalo team right now. Um, it is 14 to nine, make it 16 to nine, about seven minutes into that game. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date on that, but let's get Marcus Thompson in here on Twitter. It's at Thompson scribe. He's a columnist for the athletic Bay area. Uh, I've been reading Marcus's stuff for years. He's come on the show many times. Marcus, great to have you. You know, whenever somebody's injured, I kind of always look to them for an indicator as to how bad it is. You know, you look for facial expressions and things like that and, Curry's over there having a blast on the bench the other night, uh, just last night, in fact. So he doesn't look too concerned, but is he a good actor? Like, what do you know behind the hallways after all these ankle injuries, uh, you know, about what Steph is feeling about his future here? He's a terrible actor. (laughs) (laughs) If he was really worried, we would all know. He's He's a wear his emotions on his sleeve type of thing. I knew he was fine. When we started seeing video of the party, I was like, oh, yeah, Steph must be fine. Uh, <laughs> he's got a birthday party, and he's dancing with ribs in his hand. You know, when he's really hurt, it's a shutdown. He's worried. He's got prayer circles and all kind of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's fine. He could play now if, if, he, if he had to. All right, Marcus, my man. All right, four ankle injuries in three months. Correct me if I'm wrong. The second one, he's shooting around by himself. And I know these aren't these are tweaks or little sprains, whatever. The fourth one, he doesn't come down on anybody's foot. He just comes down wrong and t- sprains the ankle. How concerned? If Steph's not concerned, are the Warriors? I mean, I, I would think the Warriors are concerned not only this year but going forward. If these ankle injuries that plagued him in the beginning of his career have come back, I don't think they're concerned because. Like he's already been through it, right? And it's it's it, this dude is like Doctor House of Ankles, right? <laughs> he he he's done it all. Every possible sprain, he's had it. There, one year he had like like twenty or something like that. It's he's had the surgeries, he's had the cleanouts and the arthroscopy. So whatever that needs to be done with the ankle, they're dealing with a guy who knows exactly what's supposed to happen. So. I don't think that that doesn't mean he might not need to get it cleaned out, you know, or, you know, some type of, like, minor surgery in the summer, or maybe it's just rest of those. But having done it and then go, what, five years without it, and now it's back, I think it's like a, we don't like it, but, you know, we've been, we've been through hard times before. So, so this so- is like being broke, having money. And then when you broke again, it's like, man, I've been broke before. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but you want that money back. Yeah, sorry, like, yeah. I mean, that, oh, stay that, broke. So you would bet that this isn't going to be an issue. In the, I mean, obviously, anytime any player can get hurt. But for the most part, you would say he's going to be fine in the playoffs. 
I think he'll be fine. I don't. I, I'm not saying it won't be an issue. I'm just saying he's such a, uh, an expert at dealing with this issue. If you wanted anybody else to deal with an issue, like this is it. If you wanted somebody to play through, this is not like the knee in 2016, where like he, this is all foreign to him. He don't know how to rock it. Uh, it you know, it, it hurt. He didn't know how to move. The ankle, that's Steph, right? That's like you, Chris, with your jumper. You know exactly what not to do when you get out there and play. You know what your limitations are. You're like, man, I'm about to sit at this elbow and rain 15-footers because I know my body going to act up. Like, or, or Tracy McGrady with his back. They've just become so much experts on it that he's going to know when he can push and when he can't, what he can't do, how to get his shot off, even if his ankles bother him. So in that vein, I think he'll be fine. I don't think it's – if he sprays his ankle again in the playoffs, I would not be surprised, though. Marcus Thompson on the Warriors. Marcus, I, I wonder – all right, let me ask you collectively if they're good uh, if they're good actors or if uh, Heart of Hearts, do you think that this team is concerned on some level by the Houston Rockets? The Rockets have, have done pretty well against them this year. The Rockets have let them know about that. What do you think they actually think about that matchup? So it's gone from we don't believe in these dudes to all right, let's go, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I think the Rockets have definitely shown them they're not going away. I still feel like they there's a part of the Warriors who still you know, who learned that major lesson from seventy three and nine still don't fully buy regular season dominance. Right, because it happened to them. They thought we won seventy three games. They know when people are coming for you in the playoffs, it's a little different. So I think they would like to see Houston do that and then they'd say, Okay, but if the if the Rockets make it to the Western Conference Finals, they will have done that and I think they'll look at it like they did in San Antonio, like they did in Oklahoma City before, like they do in Cleveland. We have a worthy foe, let's go for it. I think it actually helps them. Because so many people are like you know like on the Houston side of this discussion that they kind of get to play the underdog again, which with Kev, since they've gotten Kevin Durant, when have, when have they been able to do that? But all these injuries and all this conversation kind of gets that tip. And, and to be honest, I do think they're better when they have something to prove. Marcus, I've said I think Durant is their best player because obviously he's much better defensively than Steph. But I think Steph is the most important player. He's the critical piece to that whole team. And I know Draymond and Clay and all these guys are important. But Steph is the most important player, and I don't think they could win it without him. Do you tend to agree with that that assessment? KD may be the best player, but Steph's the most important to the team? Yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's without question at this point. Uh, I think even Kevin Durant would agree with that. If for nothing else, the whole thing is built around Steph. When you look at players who like can't create their own shot, they don't rely heavily. They're like last in the league in pick and roll. They're not relying on like having three or four players who could just go carry it. They're relying on players who, when Steph is on the court with them, the defense reacts a certain way, and they have players who can take advantage of that. You take away that situation, those players aren't that good, right? So. I think the whole shop runs on what Steph does on the court, how dynamic he is, how he makes the defense freak out, and everybody kind of eats off of that. 
you take that away, you kind of really need to retool the roster because Kevin Durant doesn't doesn't make the defense react like that. Neither does Clay Thompson. So you got a different, a completely different team if you take Steph away from it. Uh, hey, Marcus, uh, thanks for jumping in. We always love having you on. Great stuff, man. Marcus, I'm going to say this before you go. Two things. One, my range is much deeper than 15 <laughs> feet. Uh, and two. I ain't buying that, bro. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and two, yo, go to iTunes. Check out my man Reflect, his CD. Tr- the translation is dope. Oh, you like you're it. Late. That's, I, oh, you got late. it? That's my yeah, man. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm with that. that. He going to be excited to know that, man. All right, That's cool. Good. I'm glad you like it. Absolutely. Okay. I think he's. Uh, I think he's next. Actually, he's, like, right. he's up and coming. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. By All the right. way, Marcus, I do buy that that uh, that his range goes outside the elbow because I don't even think he can get to the elbow. <laughs> I'm at least so it's just like, survival. Yeah, right? like he just he just out there at the three point line because his man to beat him back down the other end if he goes in the key. I'm at least good out to sixteen and a half feet, man. Come 16 on. Sixteen and a half. Got it. <laughs> All right, All right Marcus. There he goes. Marcus Thompson, columnist, athletic uh Bay Area, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Coming up next, a shocking poll. For the fans of a team that might be getting LeBron. Tell you about that next. All right, great news. Quick way to save some money. Switch to Geico. Geico Geico.com. 15 minutes save you uh, 15% or more on car insurance. And also, got to get to Hooters. Try the new smoke wings. Whole new way to crave wings. All the taste, half the calories. You can eat twice as many Hooters. Chris Broussard, Mark Willard. Um, So, this is uh, unofficial. But I believe what you're saying. You were driving around in L.A. and you heard a radio show here talking about the fans' interest in L.A. and LeBron actually being on the Lakers. And I thought the results of what people were saying are pretty interesting. Yeah, they were doing a straw poll just because with the Lakers playing so well lately, there seems to be at least somewhat of a growing sentiment that maybe they should pass on LeBron this summer and just let the young kids develop. And then in 2019, you go for maybe Clay, Kawhi, whoever. And according to this straw poll on the radio station, now very unofficial, Yeah, they said, and I don't know if this was the end of the poll. It probably was the poll was still ongoing. Tracking, yeah. Yeah, but at that point, 47% of the Laker fans in this in L.A., according to them, Thought they should pass on LeBron. Pass on LeBron. Okay. Now, the host, to his credit, shot it down. Yes. But another, his co-host thought it made a lot of sense. Well, you know, who was the co-host? Was it the regular guy or was it a filling guy? I don't know who no, it they're was. All I knew who the host anyway, was. I didn't know who the, so, the other guy was. <laughs> so, here's the thing. It's two things. One, I always feel like polls are done mostly in social media space today. And the social media space is inherently negative. In other yes. words, you're going to get an inflated vote on your no answer or okay. whatever is the quote-unquote hater type of response. You're going to get an inflated number. Um, and so that's an inflated number on the no, I hate LeBron, no, we don't want him. The okay. average Joe who is just flying in life above Twitter, he wants LeBron. 100% of those guys are like, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Nick, basketball you're, you're team Mr. Laker. is better with LeBron than without LeBron, right? I've seen this poll. Here's the thing so I've you learned. Know what I'm, they, they, do you agree there is the, kind of this growing sentiment among some people? Oh, yes. And by the way, as a Laker fan, 80% of Laker fans are absolutely insane. I just want you to know that. Like, I, I, I am you're bold. included in that 80%. You're, and and your your number is low, by there the way. Are, here's the thing, guys. There are, <laughs> numbers low. there are Kobe fans and there are Lakers fans. That's what I've established. Okay, so and Kobe fans don't want LeBron because that's for, always been for, a thing. For whatever stupid reason. Yep. Yeah, everybody's hair on the back of their neck goes flying up on this whole thing. Kobe's better than LeBron. LeBron's better than Kobe, whatever. But here's the thing that I also think is at play. Julius Randle has shown out the last few weeks, especially – and there is this wild, unfactual, is that a word? This, we know what you mean. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is an error in knowledge amongst an NBA fan base that LeBron's arrival means Julius Randle's departure. It might. It might. Might. But it might not. I think most Laker fans are cruising around thinking – you can't have both. That's not true. So the idea of but even if they're thinking you can't have both, give me Julius. Right, <laughs> right. Now, I mean, look, Julius. Look, good and point. Julius has been phenomenal. Yes, I love what he's doing, and I, you know, he may become a star. But he's averaged eighteen and nine for two months, two and a half months, whatever it is. Look. When LeBron James starts averaging eighteen and nine, we're gonna done. be like, it's over. He's, done. he's not what yeah. he, he's but done. He needs to retire. You Come know, on. sports fans though, they get really excited about homegrown. There's something yeah. to that, and they it's as if that it's their own, and they wrap their arms around it. And Derek Jeter and Posada and Mariano <laughs> Rivera, like and they get very excited about it. Okay, so I understand that we want to hold on to our guys. But what you're saying is true. That's ridiculous. But secondly, um, what if LeBron, Paul, Ingram, Lonzo, Julius, Kuzma, all of them, they all stay? You're going to say no? Give me one good reason. No, I look, I am on the you absolutely get LeBron James if you can. However, and I think we can get into it later. I don't know how much time I'll have here. I get the sentiment. I get the feel. Like, I don't agree with it, but I understand what some people are looking at. They're saying, look, nobody thought the Warriors were going to be the Warriors. Draymond Green's a second-round pick. Kyle Kuzma's a late first-round pick. Um, Steph Curry, seventh pick. Klay Thompson, 12th pick. They just kind of, because of the great system – and because they had players that fit that system, they became a great, all-time great team. They did. They're saying Luke runs that system. They're saying Julius Randle can play that Draymond Green role. He's not the defender, obviously, that Draymond is, but he's actually, I think, more skilled offensively, as, as skilled as Draymond is. I mean, Julius can't shoot, doesn't shoot the three, but he can bring the ball up, grab yep. a rebound, bring the ball up court. He can post up. He can score in the mid-range. He can go off the bounce. You know, and and then obviously the young players are talented. They don't have the shooting of Golden State, but that's what people are looking at. Here's what I'd say. You never know with young players. I will say this. I don't think anybody on this team is going to be as good as Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis in his sixth year hadn't yet has yet to win a playoff game. A playoff game. None right. of these players are going to be good wow. as Giannis or Dedekumbo. 
fifth or sixth season hasn't done much in the postseason. Wow. If you can compete for a title, you do it any <laughs> chance you get. And yes. if you get LeBron James, you may not win it. You may, you may not. But you're going to be in the hunt, real time in the hunt with LeBron James. For some reason, people also look at Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and their memory bank is that they were drafted and then they just went out and they won a title. Steph took six years of playing basketball before the Warriors ended up in the finals. This is Lonzo's first year. It's Kuzma's first year. It's Brandon Ingram's second year. And for all injury purposes, it's only Julius Randle's second year as well. You can sit here and say, let's grow with the young guys. And as you pointed out, it might work and it might not. Even if it does, you're talking about hanging out for another five years before you got any shot. So uh, don't fall in love with that too quickly. More on that coming up, plus a major draft move that's bad news for one big prospect. That's next. I'm about to go all in on something. I've already kind of been in that space, but I'm pushing all the chips in the middle. And then I'll borrow the title of Charles Barkley's book. I might be wrong, but I doubt it. Horrible, horrible. (laughs) We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. But before we get to that, Chris Broussard, um, just to kind of wrap that Laker and LeBron conversation we were having, the good thing is, I think, for all Laker fans who uh, are in any way sort of like smart about basketball, the good news is uh, whoever was voting against the idea of, of LeBron I don't think that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka are on that side of the fence, so nobody really has to worry about it. Like, you can sit here and go, oh, well, I do want LeBron, or I don't want LeBron. Here's the bottom line. If LeBron wants to come, LeBron's going to be here, and if Paul wants to come, Paul's going to be here because uh, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson are absolutely going to extend the invitation. Definitely agree with you there. Um, Let me ask you this. I think you're convinced LeBron's coming. Convinced is a big word. I, I absolutely, all along, as you know, I have I have had it as the leader in the clubhouse, and I'd also say that as we sit here today, I would put the percentage higher than even I've ever put it before, but it's short of 100. Hashtag future it's, it's not 100%, but <laughs> to me, the only thing left, the only thing left that you could look at and say... I don't know if that's a good fit, was I don't know if they could be good really fast. And the young players are showing out so well now that as they all will go into their second and third years, uh, presumably, in a LeBron and, and, and you bring Paul with you as well, to me, it, 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 makes, it makes all the sense in the world. The only negative to it is you're in the West. It's yeah. literally the Which only is a big negative. negative. It's not a bi- it's not a small one. <laughs> it's not a small I, one, but it's literally like give me a different negative other than that you're in the West. No, no, I mean you you know you're going to be immediate an immediate contender. Yep. You you'd have a good supporting cast around LeBron. Now, look, a lot of these guys that are looking like stars would become role players. Sure. You know, that's that's what happens when you play with LeBron James. Um the ball, it'd be interesting to see what style they played. Uh, Luke, obviously they're moving the ball a lot and all that. LeBron plays a different style, you know, but you you tend to adjust to him because he's so great. Uh, I You know, look, they, I do it in a heartbeat. There's no question. If I'm the Lakers and I can get LeBron, I'm doing it. Uh, it'll be interesting. Look, if Houston wins it, that helps the Lakers. Because no that, that, to LeBron me, that takes a team. Yeah, yeah, that takes a team off. 
off the list. Yes, could you imagine? Oh, oh we were looking it. at Durant or, or LeBron for thinking about Golden State. I mean, and I still think he can't right. go to Golden State. All right, all right. If, even if, if Houston wins it. Right? RIP to you and your new show with Rob Parker because he'll be unbearable <laughs> if LeBron James joins oh the team gosh. that just won the title. Let me ask you this, because you're from the Bay Area. Yes. And we talked a little while, like, I don't know, a month ago? Maybe not even that long ago. About remember when it came out that LeBron the story that he would listen to the Warriors yeah that he if they want to meet with him and everybody I think rightly so was like no you cannot go to the Warriors and you even said Warriors fans would not want him I fully agree and, and we did showed, a poll yeah, and the poll back the little me. straw yes. poll yes. and all that yeah <laughs> all right all right now let me ask you this okay I'm actually gonna ask you two questions. Let's say the Warriors don't win it this year. For right. whatever whether it's that Steph's not quite a hundred percent or if there's them. yeah, they just get Houston beat by Houston. Beat them. Yeah. Two questions. One, would the Warriors fans then want LeBron? And two, would you or you think Warriors fans even consider if they could trade Steph <laughs> for LeBron? Would Warriors fans be cool with that deal, or would you be cool with it as a Warriors fan? That's deep. That's some deep stuff I just hit you with. It is. That's why I was going to respond slowly. (laughs) Here's the response. So first, no. And then to the second question, no. (laughs) Like, period. There's so many reasons for it. It's kind of layered. So first off, LeBron coming to the Warriors, it even Warrior fans are aware of what, remember, three years ago was this really likable little engine that could. We got no free agents. I mean, Iguodala, but. Yeah, none of your biggest, best players. No free agents. Everybody's super fun and likable. We're firing threes, and this is a road show. It's all super fun, right? And then over the years, it becomes something else. Steph's throwing mouthpieces. <laughs> Draymond's getting in trouble with the law. You're adding KD. Sending pictures. And just time. Time at the yeah. top. Time at the top will always bring about, uh, you know, a yin-yang and there'll be a hate there. Even Warrior fans realize if you added LeBron to the team, you're unbearable. Even if you don't win it, you're unbearable. If you, you're like even Warrior fans, let me give you an example. This is at the youth football level. There is a team in my town where I live. I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> Some little eight year olds running hey, over everybody. They're 11 <laughs> now, but just listen. They've been together since they were five. And there are former NFL sons, oh, wow. multiple on the team. <laughs> There's no draft in this league. They're just allowed to stay together. They haven't lost a football game in like seven years. Wow. And everybody hates them. All anybody wants but to do is But everybody goes to the games. But everybody goes to the games, and it's everybody's Super Bowl, and the <laughs> kids are out there, they're trying, and they're just getting their absolute brains beat in. Have they even had a close game? Yes. There's okay. another team that actually I think might have maybe – I don't know, had beaten them once or something like that, but it wasn't in the championship game. My point is this. If you go talk to the parents of that team, 
they're even sick of themselves. There are times where the parents are like, okay, like this, they know they're watching, they're watching little Bobby out there on the other team just getting trucked and they feel terrible. They're just like, we get it. We're annoying. We're unbearable. <laughs> it's not fair. There's not a draft and we're all staying together. And we have all the good players on our team. And all of the dads were in the NFL, and all of this just like <laughs> how many NFL dads? I, a, I'm intrigued now. I know you don't need to go into the There's at least two, school. and if you bring in college football dads, oh, now wow. we're up to like I don't know four or five, whatever. It's unbearable. It's annoying, and it really does. Some I always just laugh it off. It's funny to me, but people get bothered by it, and their hair gets all you know up on the back of their neck. So. But this would be the professional version of that. But see, I think and look, and look, the last thing I, I, I honestly mean this. I, I think I mean this literally. The last thing I want to see in the NBA is LeBron on the Warriors. I agree. Win championship or not, whether they win it this year or not. So I, I'm not pushing it. But I'm just saying, if the Warriors lose this year, let's say they're healthy. Okay. Health isn't an issue. Yeah. Steph's you know. And they just get beat by the Rockets <laughs> in the conference finals. You're still no. telling me no. people don't want to see LeBron there. No, because you're still in the midst of what could be considered a dynasty. People always think yeah. of well, they, people always think of dynasties as you win every year. Are the Patriots in the middle of a dynasty? I'd say yes. They don't win every year. The Warrior uh, story would not be done being written. They've still got the best team. Spurs they, were a dynasty. They would I still think be considered them. The second right. the Warriors lose, Vegas is going to list them as the favorite for next year. I don't know about uh, that. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Why? Because that's if just the way it works. If they get beat by Houston, the Eagles Houston just beat the Patriots. Who's the favorite next year? Not nah, the, football's a little different. It ain't football's the a one game thing, you know? And, and and the second part of your question was not just grabbing LeBron, it was would you trade Steph? For yeah. LeBron. <laughs> I'm telling you. There would be there every single parent in the Bay Area would have a crying ten year old at their dinner table. Like this is I am I'm, I'm having a hard time putting this into this. words. I get this. I'm just This is you so out. iconic in, in the Bay Area because it goes beyond simply basketball. Steph Curry is the leader of a franchise that stunk forever but was beloved by its fan base always, took them out of that, has turned it alongside Buster Posey across the bay. Those two guys have ushered the city into the greatest sports era in its history. Add in the fact that kids want to go to the game not for the game. They want to go before the game to watch Steph shoot from the tunnel and – uh, looks like them, feels like them, six foot two, whatever. All the, the the kids, everything about it is so warm, fuzzy, and easy for everybody to digest and root for. Like, no, I. The second you said, "Would you trade Steph?" The answer is no. Take LeBron and add a couple more stars in. No. So untouchable. I, I like that because one, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan, but I also, and I'm a huge LeBron fan too. But I, I like that. I like yes. that he has meant so much to this franchise that no, we we are not not even for the best player in the world. No. However, that sounds like putting. And again, obviously, you can win it. You could come back and win it the next year with Steph. You know, so. I'm not saying all of a sudden it's panic time in Golden State if they don't win it. <laughs> right. But I am saying that 
you could read that as saying the sentimental, the emotional attachment to Steph is kind of more important than if we keep winning championships. You, you could. I could also come back with LeBron is three years older and all of that. But you, you could, and believe it or not. Yeah, and the age would be a factor, obviously. Yeah. But, but, but Steph is, you know, with the ankles. I mean, LeBron looks like he's still got three years left. You know, this, you know it, it's not definitive that Steph has, like, a longer period of dominance yeah, left you. than LeBron. No, you know I, I, mean? I agree. I agree. I do think that there are certain, and they're rare, there are certain times in sports where that can become a very, very difficult thing to navigate. The Patriots just went through it reportedly last year. Sentimental yeah. versus the right move for the next 10 years. And I believe that Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft really butted heads on this. And sentimental won. And we'll ask ourselves in five years uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting on a podium in February if the Patriots made the right move. Okay? We- you, you rack that. <laughs> Can I use that term? Rack it. That's right. So we'll, we'll, we'll have that. That conversation is actually still to be had. Um, but I do think there are times where that sentimental side is the right choice. I, I, I just – there are certain athletes that – you shouldn't trade. No, I'm hey, look. especially not when they're still playing in their yeah. prime. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what else? Back in the '80s, when we all look back at that era of the NBA, and it was Lakers and Celtics every year. We even overstated a little bit, but you know they they were the two dominant teams. When one of them didn't win it, they didn't just revamp the team. You know what I mean? They're, I mean they added like the Lakers added Bob McAdoo. Celtics added Bill Walton. You know, they added role players. Those guys were all-time greats, but role players by that time in their careers. So they added something, but they didn't, like, say, consider moving Magic or consider moving Bird <laughs> right. or McHale or whoever. And I would like to see that in today. It's a different era, it but, is. you know, let teams grow together. And if you don't win it, there's something even to be said for – Get better. Yes. Like, like, let's get more chemistry. Let's get more ball movement, whatever Re- it is. It motivates let's, you. Yeah. It re-motivates yeah. I mean, you. there's something to be said for that. Yeah. No, I agree completely. All right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Uh, Jody Ayler, who is all over uh, the Arizona basketball team, which for multiple reasons has become a big story over the last month. We'll get to that in about 15 minutes, but coming up next, I'm going all in on something draft-related. I think that move this morning is really bad for one particular player. We'll tell you who coming up next. All right, Jody Ayler in uh, in about 10 minutes. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, thrilled you're with us. you got to get to Hooters, try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste, half the calories, you can eat twice as many Hooters. Now, many, many moons ago, Chris Broussard and I made a bet. It's just a dinner bet. so I don't remember this bet, by the way. It's all go good. And so we're just going to go to dinner. Who's going to pay? We'll find out. The bet was I stated that Darnold and Rosen would go 1-2. One, 1-2. Two. One, two. In either order, but it has to be those two, and it has to be 1-2. You took the field, which is any other scenario. Um, I woke up today to this Jets trade, moving to number three for the Colts pick. Uh, the Colts moved back to, what is it they moved back to? Move, number six? Six. 
So now the Colts are at six, and they got two second rounders this year, and they and, got a haul, and one next year. Yep. Yeah, well, it's always a good trade when you have that. Yeah, when someone's moving and look, up, they don't need a quarterback, right? You know, and that's that's the luxury it's they have. The great spot to be in. It's what the Niners did last year to the Bears. When you have a high pick and you don't need a quarterback, <laughs> you're in a yep. great spot. When I saw that pick, I went, "Oh, I I think I might have just won the bet." Now the I might. I might not have won the bet because they may pick Mayfield or Allen. But if the Browns do what most of us think they're going to do and take Sam Darnold, look at the scenarios that are playing out now at number two. I actually still believe very much the Giants could pick Rosen, but if they don't, why would they even hold on to their pick? They either tell the Jets the Bills are on line two and make the Jets move up to number two, or the Bills probably will be on line two, make the Bills move up to number two. The Broncos are sitting at five. They're going to want to move up. These quarterbacks, I think there's going to be four of them in the first six picks. That's what I'm That's what I'm pretty sure is going to happen. Four of them in the first six or seven picks. Um, and the other thing that this made me think about, I wonder what you think of this. This, to me, signifies that the NFL teams know that they're playing real football while fans are playing fantasy football. This idea that Saquon Barkley should be a top three pick is ludicrous. And fans, everywhere I go, people are like, Barkley, number one? What do you think? Barkley, number two? I'm like, people, it's been 23 years since somebody took a running back number one overall and he lasted three plays. It's not going to happen because they're not playing fantasy football. They're playing real football where running backs are not the key to the city. They are when you're a fantasy football player, and that's why all of the fans want Saquon Barkley number one or number two overall. I think that's a great point. Um, You know, what I would say, though, is this a little disagreement. Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette have gone in the top five the past two years and been great. And their teams have had great success when they've played. So I think the demise of the running back position is overstated. I actually hope it's coming back, you know, because there's nothing of all the things, the greatest plays in the NFL, the greatest one, the most exciting one is probably a kickoff return or maybe a punt return. But outside of that, outside of special teams, I think the most exciting play is a running back breaking like a 70-yard or something like that. That's why Adrian Peterson as a rookie was so exciting because he did that like once or twice a game, it seemed like. <laughs> so I I don't think that we should just write Barkley off because he's a running back. But where I do agree with you on is that I'm not totally convinced just because he wowed at the combine and his vertical leap and his 40-time – and all that is bench press, that he's going to be this phenomenal running back because while he certainly had his moments at Penn State, he certainly had a lot of not only mediocre but bad moments too. He did. I mean, Rutgers, I think he was – I'm looking at it now. Georgia State, 10 carries, 47 yards. Now, it was obviously – they blew Georgia State out. But you had 10 carries against this team you beat like by 50 points – and you didn't break any of them for long gains. Uh, Indiana, 20 carries, 56 yards. 
Ohio State, obviously a great team, but 21 carries, 44 yards. Rutgers, how about Rutgers? Horrible team. 14 carries, 35 yards. Ben Albright, uh, who is a quarterback guru and a media guy in Denver, has been awesome on Twitter today. First of all, check this out. I think this goes to what you're saying. Saquon Barkley played 38 games in college football. He failed to get 100 yards in 23 of them. Mm. Now, go to this, though, because I actually am a believer in Barkley. It's not that I'm not a believer. It's just I'm not a believer in taking a running back in the top five, and here's why. Over the last 10 years, he writes who was the first running back taken in the draft and then the first running back taken in the second round. And compare the production as we look at them. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. I think he went seven overall last year, six overall, whatever he it was. He going top five? Wasn't it? What were the Jags last year? I feel like they were seven and Mc- Panthers were eight, and it was Fournette and McCaffrey as the first two running backs. I could be wrong. But anyway, top ten pick, Leonard Fournette. First running back of the second round, Dalvin Cook. Now he got hurt, but prior to that, he was great. Yeah, but – he oh, was Fournette went four. four. I stand corrected. Okay. But a whole team, well, uh, an offense. Is it safe to say an offense, maybe a little oversight, was built around Fournette? I mean, At times. their offense is a running offense. Yeah, but they also used their other guys. They used their other guys. They, they did. And when he was out, they played okay. But your quarterback is Blake Bortles. And they still had this great yeah. season. So I would not – you're right, Dalvin Cook was exciting in Minnesota, but I think that was a good pick of Fournette. 2016. And obviously Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott, great offensive line. The first uh, running back of the second round we're going to know more about after this upcoming season was Derrick Henry. It looked very good. He's never – he not hasn't like, had the opportunity. Not like Ezekiel. Well, he hasn't had the opportunity. He's going to get it. They just they, – they released uh, Murray, and Derrick Henry's going to be the guy He's now this good. year. He had his moment, but look, is. Yeah, Zeke Dion will be the change of the pace Zeke guy. is phenomenal. He is. Oh, I mean, he, he is. is. The line but is listen, great, but listen he runs to some of these years. over, too. Some of these years are going to support your point. Some of them are not. 2015, Todd Gurley. Oh, could have been MVP this Second year. round, TJ Yeldon. Productive back. He's backing up Leonard Fournette. 2012, Trent Richardson. Well, obviously. Total bust. <laughs> Second round, Isaiah Pede. Also total bust. Uh, 2011, Mark Ingram, okay, followed by Ryan Williams. That one worked out. So hold on, that all of those support Hang the on. back that was taken I, first. I I'm mean, not done. But you're going. I'm not was done. that six years first ago? First of all, now? and by the I way, mean, by the way, Mark Ingram, not at all points in his career have people no, been like, no, "Hey, I Mark agree. Ingram." But this guy's year, coming off a very this, good year. Yeah. Okay, 2010, CJ Spiller, Toby Gerhardt. 2009, No. Sean Moreno. LaShawn McCoy. I mean, come on. That's two. That's for years ago. 2008. Nine years ago. Darren McFadden, second round, Matt Forte. That's nine and ten Hold years on. ago. Those don't count. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Why? Because the game has changed no, just in hasn't. those nine and ten years. No, we hasn't. we thought we were beginning to think, and some people still think, you still think apparently, that the running back position isn't, as hold, important as hold, it used to hold be. Hold on, let's go. I to, think we're seeing a renaissance. Let's go to last in year in the running back position. You love Leonard Fournette so much. You know who I loved last year, in addition to Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, yes, Dalvin Kamara. Yes, yes who went another I agree. round later. I agree. I and, and by the way, we haven't even said this yet. Everyone talks about this quarterback class. The running back class is bananas. There's ten guys. 
who I think could be three down backs. Why would I grab Barkley at number four if I can wait till round two or three and get Chubb or Sony Michelle or well, Rashad Penny? All those guys or, aren't going to pan out, but some of them are. All, and I'm look, some I'm, of them are. I'm with you on wondering whether Barkley like. I love Darius Geis. Darius from Geis. LSU. There were yes. times at LSU he looked better than Fournette. Okay, I like your boy. I looked at some film Penny. on him. Some yes, you you know some of his highlights. Yeah, Rashad Penny from San Diego State, which also produced Marshall Fox. There also you mentioned two of them, Kareem Hunt. Well, one of them, Kareem Hunt. Guys coming from small, small schools, schools who tend to be great. David Johnson so wasn't with, even a yeah, D one player in college. Yep, I'm with you in that. It like. There are a lot of running backs out yes. there you could take. So I do agree I should take somebody else higher when, look, I love Barkley, but you know what? I like Geis as much, and I can get him in the second round or late first, whatever it's going to be. So I'm with you there. I just I just think that the the running back position, I, I feel like it's having a renaissance. And I don't, like I said, the last two guys that went in the top five, They've panned out at least so far. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know, but that's, but that's you're right. Look, fair. a running back's not going to last as long as a quarterback, nor is he going to be as hard to replace. Like if you lose your great quarterback, you may who it may be oh. decades before you find another. <laughs> that's right. Running back, I can get heck. one every year. Exactly. I can get so one every I'm year. with you there. Um, all right, Jody Ayler is going to join us coming up here in just a minute. Arizona has been a very interesting subject. Uh, for a number of different reasons over the last month, we're going to wade through all of them. But let's get Gascon in here as well. I'm not with latest- you, Mark. No, you're not? No. What really? do you mean? No. Well, because you just mentioned the leading running back in the National Football League in Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Well, look at their head coaches and what they do with their offense. I mean, you're talking about – Well, okay, but to, to, to this point, you're right that – your surroundings as a running back have a lot to do with you. So Same thing with a quarterback. What if it's – now, this, very true, but – what if I take Ezekiel Elliott and say over the last two years he's a Brown? Are we talking about the same player now? But I think you'd say the same thing with a quarterback. I don't know. You, you can hop, you might. You can hype you absolutely up. might. But at a certain point, the Browns and the Jets and the Broncos and all these teams, if you need a quarterback, who cares what your running back situation is? I always say that's like buying a couch when you don't have a house. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, people have talked so highly about the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, and you yep. saw what happened with Zeke last year when he was suspended. They, they weren't the oh, same team. Oh, by the way, though, let's uh, let's bring that into the conversation. That's the most important thing is your line. Yeah, absolutely. Offensive no line, defensive line, yep. outside oh, rushers. And not getting suspended. Well, I mean, That's also well, – uh, well, he, wait a minute. Is that not part of the discussion? He wants to take a shot. You see, no. he wanted to get his little is shot that, in. Is that not part of the discussion? <laughs> Fourth overall pick missed half of the year for disciplinary reasons. Well, yeah. That's, okay. That, that's true. But right. I, I don't I don't, let's, I don't. not act like that was bad luck or something. Well, I think it was the commissioner a little being, being well. over, a little too overzealous. All right, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that kind of money to give back to him, right? Right, right. <laughs> Guys, in college basketball right now, Kentucky's opened up a double-digit advantage over Buffalo. It's 55-42. Plenty of time left. There's 19-52 to play in the second half. Tennessee up by one over Lyle Chicago, 15-14. Earlier on today, Duke had no problems with Rhode Island, 87-62. Marvin Bagley had 22 points and nine rebounds. And Villanova, which was up by five, cruised to an easy victory over Alabama, 81-58. Later on tonight, you'll get Kansas and Seton Hall, Gonzaga and Ohio State, Michigan and Houston, 
Florida and Texas Tech. So all kinds of things could be going on throughout the course of this day. In the National Football League, New York Jets have moved up to the number three spot in this year's draft. Indy peels back to the number six spot, but they also grab 37th overall pick this year, 49th from New York, and also a second-round pick in 2019. Now, the Titans have released defensive tackle Sylvester Williams. Patrick Chung has signed an extension with the Patriots. Cowboys told cornerback Orlando Skandrick he's going to be released. And then Danny Woodhead has retired after 10 seasons in the National Football League. Yeah, congrats to Danny. Uh, gotten to know Danny a little bit uh, after he was with the uh, the Chargers last year, for a few years that is. He is a great dude. He's just a great dude, and when I saw him get released by the Ravens, I wondered uh, if uh, if that was going to be it. And so congratulations to Danny on a 10-year career. Uh, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Let's welcome in Jody Ayler, host of The Drive on Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. Jody, thanks so much for coming on. We're looking at this U of A group and it's really, what a funny dynamic. So they end up winning the Pac-12 tournament, and Sean Miller has a press conference where he gets really mad. And so everybody kind of moves on like, well, they were uh, they were innocent and everything all moves forward wonderfully. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. So his best two players declared for the NBA draft before they got to the locker room. Uh, they lost in the first round in somewhat embarrassing fashion. All of the recruits have left. Is, is this all good or not? Where does it go from here? Uh, it's a great question, and uh, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around the program, obviously. It's not just, you know, Aiton and Trier declaring Raleigh Alkins as well. It's, they're losing their entire starting five when you consider Dusan Ristich and Parker Jackson Cartwright were seniors. So this is a team that returns zero starters, as you mentioned, zero recruits. They do have a core of six guys, including the bulk of this year's freshman class that was really well regarded, Emmanuel Acott, Brandon Roundelf amongst those. A uh, Duke uh, transfer that was a former five-star kid and Chase Jeter, a big man. But uh, so they're you know on paper, if they added a grad transfer or two and one, you know three-ish star recruit, they're they're in decent shape to contend in what's still expected to be a weak Pac-12. But the question is, and this is what no one knows the answer to is. Is Arizona willing to live a reality where every day they wake up and they're not sure if another shoe is going to drop in this FBI investigation? Because as long as Sean Miller's head coach, that's their reality every single day. They came out very strongly, in my opinion, you know, by letting Miller have that press conference speak so strongly as he did about his innocence. I mean, the university at this point seems to be totally behind him. Why do you think they're so in his corner at this point, if indeed that's the case? You know, it's interesting. I think it's largely because of the amount of success he's had, and everyone will point to the lack of Final Fours, but he's been to three Elite Eights and five Sweet Sixteens in Tucson, and that kind of success, is, as you guys know, is just not easy to find in college basketball. And after that first-round upset, people were speculating that it may cost him his job, and I just thought, you know, listen, the AD and the university president aren't going to support this guy through the arrest of an assistant coach in an FBI criminal charge, and then a second time with an explosive allegation of recruiting impropriety, and then fire him after losing a basketball game. Like, that's just not the way that works. So I think it's mostly because Miller has, prior to this year, avoided embarrassing losses and recruited at an extremely high level, and that's hard to find. Jody Ayler on Arizona joining us right now, Fox Sports Radio. Jody, 
Uh, what can you tell us that we might not know about DeAndre Ayton? And uh, do you think if uh, if you were picking number one next year in the NBA draft, that would be your guy? It's so tough. Um, I, I, listen, DeAndre Ayton, most people don't know because most people haven't even heard him speak. He's a really likable, um, I, I don't want to say easygoing to, to, to pretend that he's not intensely competitive on the floor, but just a gregarious kind of good guy to have in the locker room not anyone that has a diva complex i think that's something people will get more and more used to as this draft process unfolds over the next few months um in terms of the number one overall pick i've been a little concerned with what we saw from him in that game against buffalo there's zero defensive awareness from him that's been true all season he is inclined to fall in love with his feathery soft jumper from 17 feet as opposed to bully guys down low when schools like Oregon State and Stanford are physically able to sort of frustrate him, that's concerning to me at the next level. And so uh, the, the other big thing I think we've got to consider is Larry Markinen last year did not play as well at U of A as he's playing as a, fresh, as a, as a rookie in, in, with the Chicago Bulls organization. I don't know if that's a testament to Sean Miller's usage, but I do think once you get – uh, DeAndre in a situation where he's not sharing the floor with a slow-footed seven-footer like Dusan Ristic, who's a very good college player. But once the floor opens up a little bit in the NBA, I do think the chances are much, much better that he's he's able to put his full skill set to use. You mentioned some points about Aiton in that game against Buffalo. That, that When I'm watching it, I felt the same way, and I haven't seen them enough to know if this is just how they play. But I was like, number one, why isn't he – inside more why aren't they giving him the ball more like there were I mean that second half it was there were many times I say most of the half where he was invisible if if I just turned the tv on I would not think anything special about this guy if I didn't know anything before do you so you I don't know if you put more of that on Aiton or is that more on Miller or is it the guards that couldn't get him the ball or what I think that latter part is the most true. Um, throughout the season, I've called this. It's, it, it sounds like a crazy thing to put to a team. This year's Arizona team is arguably the worst post-entry passing team I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And so to struggle with something so basic, they, if, if they're not able to lob an entry pass over defender, they don't even try. They don't move the ball on the perimeter for a better angle. They don't have any set real play designs to feed DeAndre Ayton over and over again, and that's a problem. I also think part of it is Ayton, as is, is you guys know, and is a big man like that has to demand the basketball. I want to see him demand the basketball. He'll set up shop down low. He'll ask, call for the ball, but then he is just as likely to sort of move off the block and set up shop at the elbow if he doesn't get the ball immediately. I I, I I would imagine an NBA coach, if they utilize that back-to-the-basket game, as, as everyone expects them to, he's got to be in a more comfortable position to demand the basketball. But in fairness, again, I'm not sure Miller's the kind of head coach that maximizes the talent of his players, and, and this is an absolutely was an absolutely atrocious entry post-passing uh, team all season long. Jody, uh, great stuff and great to have you today. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Love Great it. stuff, man. Yeah, Enjoy absolutely. It. There goes Jody Ayler, host of The Drive on Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. You know, there is precedent for what he's saying out of that entire conference. I was just thinking about this because that was always my thought about Ben Howland when he was at UCLA. So from Clay Thompson to Kevin Love to Russell Westbrook to James Harden, 
everybody came out of that conference and they all look so much better yeah. as professionals than they did yep. in college. No, that's a great point. And, and, and when I see that, I look at the coach. I mean, he mentioned, you know, Sean Miller's obviously had some success in college, but um, if he wasn't getting it out of marketing, he obviously, even though Aiden put up big numbers all season, yep. he certainly didn't get it out of him in the tournament. Um, that's usually on the coach when players are so much better in the NBA than they were in college. Conversely, I remember when you look at Indiana, where Bobby Knight, legendary coach, you look, I mean, the success he had, I think he won three, was it three national titles? Mm. He certainly had an undefeated team yeah. in 76, I believe it was. That feels big, but yeah, something. Yeah, maybe, but, but he, he legend, I don't know if it was one, two sure. titles, whatever it was. But you, he only had a hand, not even a handful, Isaiah Thomas, the yep. legend, and I don't, I can't think. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Well, Calvert Chaney was okay, yeah, but Steve Alford, Kent Benson, Smart, Scott yeah. May, Keith Smart, all those guys were disappointments. They're better at college at the next level. They were bearing so that yep. tells me the coach did a great job with. I mean, he essentially had mediocre or pretty good talent that he led to. Great results. Well, this which is been, the opposite yeah. of what you were talking about. This has been Shashevsky's uh, calling card over the year yep. as well, especially maybe since Kyrie. Most of his guys. And he only played eleven games, yeah, I believe. That that's year. a good point. All right, uh, coming up next, we hear so much Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. How about a new name to throw into this conversation? We'll do that coming up next. All right, Mark and Chris, great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com in 15 minutes. Save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, we're coming up on top of the hour, so we can continue this discussion after the top of the hour as well. But let me uh, throw this at you. And this is a chance for me to let everybody know also about my Ballers with Babies podcast, which is available on iHeart if you want to check that out. And Ryan Leaf was a guest uh, in an episode that came out earlier this week. And part of the conversation, we went to uh, the draft and the quarterbacks that are coming in. And I asked him straight up, I said, look, this whole Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel thing feels probably a little bit unfair to Baker. However, would you, would you say that maybe Baker reminds you of your former self? Here's the conversation. Looking at the uh, NFL players that are on their way in, you know, everybody keeps saying they see a little Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure about that. That might be a timing thing. I wonder if, if there's a little bit of the old Ryan Leaf in there. Do, do you see any similarities uh, between uh, Baker Mayfield and the way you were back then? I think they're very comparable. I think the, the Johnny Manziel-Baker Mayfield uh, comparisons aren't, aren't warranted because we know now that, that Johnny was dealing with substance abuse and mental health disorders while in college and after. Um, I think probably the comparison with me is, is, is more appropriate. The highly competitive, um, borderline arrogant, uh, angry uh, individual. Uh, the biggest thing for me will, uh, will be uh, how he deals with failure. And that's where my downfall was when things uh, began to fall apart. How was I able to deal with that? Um, when the media's on you, when you play a bad game, your whole city's on you. That's 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 where we'll see uh, where Baker Mayfield's at. Right now, there's no evidence to back up that when things get tough, uh, he won't, um, you know, he won't break because the situation in Fayetteville, uh, running from the police, situation at Kansas, 
um, where they simply just didn't shake his hand, and he retaliated by acting out in a way. So th- those are the types of things that uh, I'm going to want to see significant change in behavior from him uh, when, the, when the season gets going. So do you think it's buyer beware right now on him? Of course, yeah. What do you think about that? Is that fair? Yeah, I think there are similarities. I mean, I think he brought up the chip on the shoulder. I, you know, I don't know if Mayfield's angry or not, but you know, I think that I think there it was legitimate. However, I could also say Baker Mayfield. I could argue he has shown that when the going gets tough or things don't go his way, that he can overcome it. Now, I don't know if he has the physical tools to be a great NFL quarterback. But I would say, look, this guy was ranked like 160th in Texas as a high school senior. Didn't get recruited by the big school, so he walks on at Texas Tech. That that's overcoming something. That's things not going well for you. Then he he gets bent, you know, he gets hurt at Texas Tech after a great start. Doesn't get his position back, so he goes to Oklahoma again. A walk on. That's a tough things not going your way. And obviously the rest is history at Oklahoma. So I I think you could argue that he has had rough spots and shown that he can overcome them. Um, But, you know, I think Lee's talking about a different thing. If he's not successful in the NFL – He's just not going to be successful, and then and then he won't. I'm talking about he's overcome him on the football field, but if he doesn't overcome him on the football field mentally, where will he go? Remember, Ryan Leaf played college football in Pullman, Washington, if and wasn't successful like Mayfield until his senior year. Oh well, right. As far as However, team, as far as winning, yeah, very successful. Went to a Rose Bowl, played against. But Charles that was Woodson. one year. His last it was year. right, but Pullman, Washington. Uh, like if you've never been there. Um, most people haven't been there because it's really hard to get there. You can't even fly there. You have to fly to Idaho and drive over uh, to Pullman, Washington, and Ryan was able to succeed there, and I think that's what Ryan's saying. In other words, yeah, it's easy or easier to succeed when you're in these middle-of-nowhere college towns. What happens at the next level? More on this coming up in just a second. We'll take your calls. All right, into our final hour, and if you're just joining us, it is the final hour of uh, Mark Willard and Chris Broussard on Fox Sports Radio. Nobody's leaving, nobody's going anywhere, just doing our, as always, March uh, shuffle of the deck as we head into the summer and get ready for basketball season to uh, come to a head, baseball season and all. So uh, we'll let you know exactly how that's all going to play out. Uh, starting next week, there's going to be some new shows coming, some new people coming, some new pairings, and it's actually going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're excited about it. So more on that in just a second. Uh, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. We've got the entire hour open uh, to hear from you, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. We'll get into uh, our in the zone debate based off of Chris's podcast uh, that came out earlier this week. Plus, there's an NFL free agent uh, that has everybody scratching their heads as to why he's still out there unsigned. He thinks he has the reason, uh, and it's not the normal reason. We'll have that for you coming up as well. But continuing on the conversation that we were just having about. Ryan Leaf basically comparing Baker Mayfield to his former self. 
And Ryan, it very much is his former self. I've gotten an opportunity to talk to him a number of times in order to know that uh, that guy that, that was Ryan Leaf, uh, the guy at Washington State, the guy with the San Diego Chargers, uh, the guy that went to jail, um, it's not the same guy anymore. He just had a baby five months ago, and uh, let me tell you from experience, that changes a person. Uh, he's about to get married. That changes a person. Uh, Ryan is somebody who is freely able to admit who he is, who he was, the mistakes he made, and he owns it. So I don't think when he compares his former self to Baker Mayfield, uh, he's trying to like knock Baker down in a misery loves company sort of way. That's how it landed for a lot of people. But that's not this. Kind of here's what I think about when somebody says something like that. We ought to listen. We ought to listen because who knows the signs of trouble better than somebody who's lived the dang trouble. So we all want to knock it down. Oh, Baker's not Ryan Leaf. Well, hopefully not. But I think it's pretty irresponsible of us to just brush that off like it doesn't exist. Now, is Baker somebody who has gone through trying times, challenges, and triumphed? 100%. But the same thing is also true here. What Ryan was talking about was, listen, I'm a guy from Pullman, Washington, or he played there, who had high level of success, had a lot of attention, and then, then when it got to the big time, TV cameras everywhere, professional locker rooms, big money, and a lot of disappointment in a bad game, that's when he cracked. And so let's not act like Baker's been there before. I know that people in Oklahoma are like, that's big-time college football. It's nothing compared to being a starting quarterback for a National Football League team. And but it- it's much bigger than Washington. Yes. And and Leaf had success. His, well, I mean, individual in success. Bowl, he was okay. Yeah, but it was it, his first two years they didn't do well at all as a team. Oh, yeah. They didn't even get to bowls. Second last year he did is a junior he did, but Ryan look I'm not mad at Ryan like a lot of people, but I don't see Baker having the attitude that Ryan had. See, Ryan's attitude was horrible. See now I do because, in the NFL, but it but Baker's not there yet. Ryan's attitude at this stage was the exact same as Baker's is. I'm not going to mention the name, but let me tell you a really quick story. So I'm at the Super Bowl one year, Steelers-Seahawks year, Detroit, okay? We're at the Super Bowl doing shows, and the draft is a few months away, and here comes walking down the aisle through Radio Row one of the quarterbacks who was about to get drafted really high, him and his agent. And he was walking two feet above the ground, man. You know, world by the – you know, the world was his oyster, mm-hmm. and, and and he had it. And the agent he walked in with was not the agent that he had had a few weeks before. He had just fired an agent. And that agent who had been fired told us, me and my radio partner at the time, the reason that conversation wasn't going well is because that quarterback was interested in endorsements and everything that came along with being a starting quarterback before going out there and doing a good job of being a quarterback. Okay. I'm wondering about Baker Mayfield, who I just found out this morning has a uh, eight-episode docu-follow going through the process of being drafted. 
All the other quarterbacks at the Combine didn't seem interested in telling us that they were the best quarterback. Baker did. So we just brushed that off. That's no big deal. No, that's anger. That that's what that is. That's ex- anger. That is absolutely anger. That he told us he's the best. Did anybody else do it? No, but that, but that does does that. I, I'm not saying it. It may not be anger, but I, the to make the 100 percent correlation okay. between that. I mean, LeBron James just spent the whole week telling us how great Very he was. Different. Is that anger? Very different. First of all, LeBron is the most accomplished athlete of his time. Second of all, I've never felt the vibe. When LeBron or anybody else, basketball players say it all the time, I've never felt the vibe that I did when I see Baker at the combine. When it was, it wasn't just like I feel like I'm the best. It was, and I quote, "I'm the most accurate quarterback here by far." It was, I'm going to belittle everybody else. It is a chip, a chip on the okay, shoulder. A chip on the and shoulder. And a chip can it yeah, can it work. Can be good too. It can work. All I'm saying is I'm going to listen when someone like Ryan Leaf goes, "Ooh, <laughs> that's a chip. Be careful there. That feels familiar." I'm not going to brush that off. But they're also not the only two quarterbacks to ever have chips. Agreed. I'm looking for one off the top of my head. Is there one that comes to, to mind for you, whether it's a quarterback or any other position? Um, but obviously I mean, you can make the case that Tom Brady has a chip. Okay. You could. Okay. He's pretty successful. Yeah, although I never <laughs> heard him say I'm the most accurate quarterback by far. Well, coming out of Michigan, he definitely couldn't say that. <laughs> right. He could say, like, Tom I'm, Brady could I, do I'm that. not even a starter. He could have said that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> I, I didn't even start in college. <laughs> what do you think? What do you want from me? No, I, look, I mean, this. the bottom line is we're not going to know. Until right. Baker gets there and we'll see what he does. Like I'm not I co-signing. People, I'm just saying let's yeah, listen. Yeah, let's no, listen. I hear you. I would listen. I wouldn't I wouldn't go to one extreme or the other on this comment. Yeah. I do understand people feeling like look, you sat down with Ryan. You got to know him at least to some degree. Yes. But I understand people that don't know him that just are going off what we saw, and obviously he failed in his NFL career. And I can see why they might think Psh, yeah, okay. You yeah. you to take shot. You know what I mean? You, you want you, company. Exactly. So I get it, but you know, he made it. and 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 I've, you know, Ryan's been up at Fox Sports 1 mm-hmm. and I've talked to him just briefly, but he does definitely seem like he's matured and really learned from his mistakes. Oh, like, no yeah, I mean, it's you, you look at it and you say, "Man, I wish he had kind of had that maturity when he was in the NFL cuz he certainly had talent, you know." But, um, yeah, he, you know, I think it probably came from a place of really wanting to help Baker. People took it a, the diff, a different way, but I don't think he meant, you know, anything it, negative. Yeah, it. and it's funny because if you Google Ryan Leaf, Baker Mayfield, outside of all the, like, quirky, you know, snarky comments that you'll yeah. find people make, he did an interview on CBS a few weeks back, and he talked about Baker, and he referred to him as his favorite quarterback in the draft. Mm. It's not him saying, I don't think Baker's a good player. It's a human being seeing characteristics in another human being that say, be careful there. Not you're bad, you're me, but that feels familiar. Be careful there. And we do. I do have a question. Let me ask you this. Like, why, why, why is Baker that way? Would it be fair? Now, it's somewhat different, but what if somebody wanted to – make a comparison between Leaf and Josh Rosen. 
the arrogance, the mm-hmm. I'm smarter than you are, the, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm really a smart guy. You know, all that stuff. Is that fair? I mean, if somebody who lived it said it, it's I would no, listen. No, but I mean, do you think there any? You see any similarities in Rosen and, and Riley? I've never seen anger in in Josh Rosen. I've never seen anything that feels like anger. Um, I know that you know the the quotes that get at, attributed to him, whether it be like you know the difficulty of going to class and also being the quarterback. I think Josh is very smart, but I also know that he's tweeting out things like, "Gosh, how hard is it to?" Uh, to to leave college, I'm absolutely loving this. He had the hot tub he in his also, room. Did he all say that. he was the most accurate passer as well? Mm. I think he's. Can you guys check that? I think he he did say he was the most accurate passer in the draft. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, no. He, Nick Nick said I haven't seen that. I if I, I if I if that. I missed it, then that's fine. We could yeah. we could look that up. Um, but again, to me, the two most important words there are by far. The two most important okay. words in that quote are by far. I don't care if you want to say, hey, I'm the most accurate passer. But when you go, I'm the most accurate passer by far. That's Yeah, he said it. Rosen said it. Yeah, too. that's that's anger, and that's belittling the other players out there. Like, and, and again, yes. That, that may could, not be a bad thing. And though. it may not be. And I it, mean. And it may be. And he, you know, look, I get the chip, though. You're not recruited out of high school. You're ranked freaking 160th in the state. No big time Division One offers. Yep. You got to walk on at Texas Tech. You do great there. Don't get your position back. You know when you you come back from injury. You got to walk on at Oklahoma. You do great there. You know, and I'm not even. Great. I'm I'm not yeah. one that thinks Baker Mayfield's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I have no idea. This like, is I, but but I I actually think he won't be. I may be wrong, but I'm saying with his size, people have tried to compare him to Russell Wilson. He runs a four. What do he run a four eight? Yeah, it was Russell that, Wilson's it was, a four five. It was no, look Baker Mayfield's forty was no faster. It was like tiny, tiny percentage points ahead of Darnold and Rosen, and slower than Josh Allen. Yeah, so he's. I think he's gonna have tough a tough time making those plays with his feet in the NFL that he made in college football. Um, you know, so I think there are questions about him. So, I, like I said, I'm not trying to defend him, right? But I'm just saying, you know, chip on your shoulder doesn't have to be a bad thing. Correct. In his case, I understand where it came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I don't discount that either. All right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. Your phone call's on that coming up next, 877-99 on Fox. And also next, I got a Cavs question for you to see if you're you're ready to uh, acknowledge (laughs) something. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) All right, so you give me the – we'll play like Jeopardy. You just gave me the answer. I'll give you the question coming up next. All right, that's Chris Broussard. I'm Mark Willard. What does it mean when Geico says it's 15 minutes? Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So Kentucky has finally put the lid on Buffalo. Buffalo, that was a nice little run for them now. Yeah. They beat up Arizona, and they really put up a nice fight against Kentucky, but Kentucky has now stretched it to 18 with about a minute to go. They're going to win and move on to the Sweet 16. Um, in the meantime, the other game going on, I made a big deal on my weekday show. And, again, my bracket's a mess. I have no idea why. I just looked well, your at – the champion was Arizona, right? Yeah, correct. But I also – I made a big deal on my weekday show. I'm like, Loyola of Chicago is going to the Sweet 16. 
And and people are like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just have I, believe. A, I just have a gut feeling, and I'm not big on, uh, you know, like I liked their matchups. I'm like, Miami's not great, and Tennessee's just kind of okay. Um, but uh, I don't know who the hell's on Loyola Chicago, but I went for it, Chris. And uh, here they are, up by two, early second half against Tennessee. So I probably just jinxed them, just so you know. 19 minutes left. So, okay, give me a predict. They win in this game? Yeah. All right. All right. You're out there. I guess you said it before. I watched that whole game. By the way, that was the best finish of the tournament so far. That was the one where they were down by one yeah, and they oh, got yeah. the, the, that was a great the rebound and yep. hit the buzzer beater. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a great one. <laughs> All right. Let's hey, go. Hey, it'd be great if they win this thing, make it interesting. That'd be fun. Um, okay. So uh, let's go to Kevin in North Carolina. Uh, we're having that Baker conversation. Kevin, thank you for calling. What's up? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, my quick observation about Baker Mayfield, could it be he is uh, as simple as he maybe uh, suffered from a Napoleon complex? <laughs> and what I mean by that is, like, uh, in, in everyday life, he's not really a small guy. But thinking about how he was, like Chris mentioned earlier, passed over, ranked 160. Would he have been ranked 160 in the state if he were 6'2", 6'3"? I actually think that Isaiah Thomas uh, deals with the same issue, maybe thinks he's a little bit better than he is. And I I don't know. I, it, it, to me, it's, he's maybe trying to overcompensate for being slighted, but I think his size and trying to overcome the size issue may be behind a lot of his bravado, and I I'll take that, it off the air. I think that's a good point. Little, I think that makes a lot of sense. Little man's complex. You almost have that. to. Yep. You almost have to. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I get it. You're. Fi- I mean, look, I'm not – trying to justify some of his comments, but you're 5'8", five, 5'9", five, playing in the NBA and killing people, you know, 29 a game last year. So I get it. And you have to kind of have that Nate Robinson. He had the same thing. Oh, no doubt. You know? Well, um, Nate's just a big, huge personality, too, though. True, true. He's just a big, huge And it can, look, it can get on people's nerves, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no question. I think it, of Avery ironically, Johnson. they're both like, from the same yeah. area, too. Like, big yeah. personalities. Yeah. And and maybe that's I Baker, too. I think that too. makes sense, though. But i tell you what. I, I'm not just, when I, I kept harping on that uh, that comment, I'm the most accurate by far. If that was all we had, then maybe I would brush that off. But let's not forget there's a police video and a crotch grab. I, I, so I, I mean, think it's look, crazy to say, like, this guy, when things get going, he's got an angry streak. I don't think that's crazy. I'm not promoting the crotch grab. <laughs> how about the police but, but, video? But, 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 but come on. I mean, <laughs> how many athletes, great professional athletes, mm-hmm. they haven't done it on camera like that. But you know, look. How many of them got a police video? These guys are very similar how many, to that. How like many of them got a police video? How many of them got a police video? The way guys talk in the locker room. How many of them got a police video? All that. I mean, how many. And, and you know me. I don't get drunk. I don't get high. None of that. I'm just saying, how many kids in college? I don't know. This is a new Chris drunk. today. You want guys to just have a, no, a just, ounce of weed in their no, pocket, no. and if the cops come, just run. It's no, all you, good. you know what I don't like. <laughs> no, you know what I don't like is hypocrisy, and I I don't like. That's what I don't like. And so a lot of people are getting drunk in college. You know, especially a lot of 
males and athletes. Oh, I did and that, so but I never, us, I never. For us to act well, like Baker Mayfield is some horrible human being because he got drunk in college, I just think it's hypocritical. Well, I don't, and that's what that no, was the same thing I brought up with Big Baby Davis. No, I mean, we we in a state where you can have you can sell weave legally. Yes. So I'm gonna jump on him. Well, I, I don't agree with it, but no I'm just saying. You know, no one's calling him a horrible person. Number one, and number two, I think what happened there was very different than just getting drunk in college. I got so drunk he ran in college from the cops. all the time. I've never been arrested, and I certainly never ran from him. And damn, if I did, I would hope I would outrun him if I'm going to be a pro athlete. He, he ran from the cops. I mean, again, I, look, I, I've seen things That's in not- college. I did things. I ain't run from cops. Yeah, you run from the but cops. But I'm just saying, I did. You get caught. I, let me think about some of the things I did in college. I mean, okay. it, things I'm not proud of either. You know, that's all I'm saying. We don't have a whole long list of things. I mean, not like this was a pattern or anything like that. It's <laughs> a pretty decent He got list. drunk and ran from the cops. No, I mean, decent, that's, that's – There's a decent – He grabbed his – There's a decent list of emotion overwhelming everything else. I don't mind planting the flag at Ohio State. That, yeah, even that. I mean – But it's an emotional that's reaction. That's a thing. I don't know. How but many that's, cor- that's hyped up. How I'm, many I'm quarterbacks do that? I, he probably thought it was an original thing, and it was. I mean, again, I'm I, from Ohio. I'm an Ohio State fan, <laughs> but I was like, "Yo, that's that's pretty." No, I, that's I, pretty dope. When man. it happened, I loved it. Yeah, I loved you, it. And we gonna rip and then four it? weeks later, he's he's hanging on his, uh, you know, what's on the sideline against a team that can't beat anybody. I'm like, dude, calm down. <laughs> Calm down, grab it. You're playing Kansas. Again, I'm a guy that doesn't. You're mad because he didn't shake your hand? I'm a guy that doesn't think he's going to be a a great NFL quarterback. Yeah, I think I might actually think he's better than you. Yeah. But I'm I'm buying into this more than you are. I I just think some of this stuff, you know, we we in the media, we sit in judgment of everybody. You no. know, and, and, and there are people that that are sitting there judging everybody that do things that are just as bad or worse. Oh, no, you're 100 You know, correct. and I'm not saying you. No, I, I'm, know just, you don't, I'm, I'm just, just trying to listen. General. I'm just trying to listen to Ryan Leaf because I think he's speaking from a place of education on this one. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, in the zone right around the corner, uh, when we talk about running from the cops, we talk about David Gascon. Let's bring him on in. <laughs> I am Here's the police. A, hey, here is a man. You, did you ever do anything similar to bait? I'm going to put you on the spot. Gascon. <laughs> One time. Okay. Did you run? No. But you just, you just, I, wa- you- I actually walked back because I got called back. <laughs> yeah. But you now, get, remember you get though, right, David. You yeah, but, get where I'm coming from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This David's, is a common thing in but college. David's not dad running, is but, a cop. I had a lot to lose. Yeah, David's dad is a Other, cop. If it hadn't been, he would have run. run yeah, from the no, cops. no, I don't have that kind of speed, <laughs> yeah. man. I, I don't have, Apparently, neither does Mayfield. Well, yeah, I don't right. got that 4-4 speed, but I could outrun Baker Mayfield. <laughs> By the way, after our talk last week, your dad got some serious front of the screen run on that OJ thing last Sunday. I know. Some of our colleagues, wow. like Jonas Knox and Tom Looney and those guys were hitting me up. It was, it was some pretty good man, stuff. So man. I'll tell you what, back in the day, though, I had some of my dad's business cards, and I had a few friends that took some from me. <laughs> Let's just say they got out of some... They got in jail free. Yeah, while doing some things under the influence. And oh. one of them includes driving. So. Was, was one of them uh was one of them Charlie. The yes, guy yes, yes, Charlie from the OJ video. Yes. 
Okay, so that's why we still don't know who he is. He had a business card from your dad? <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. They do right. some, yeah. So Charlie got away and OJ didn't. Pretty much. I get a phone call like a day later. Hey, tell your dad thanks. I'm like, for what? And they're like, we did some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, God, God for no social media 20 years ago. Oh, joke. Anyways, guys, in college basketball, Lyola, Chicago, hanging on tough. They're leading Tennessee 38-32. There's 15 and a half minutes to play in this ball game. Kentucky just wrapped things up with Buffalo, 95-75. Seton Hall and Kansas are just underway. Rock Chalk is leading right now by 7-13-6. Duke took care of Rhode Island, beat them up by 25 points. Villanova, 81. Alabama, 58. In the NFL, the big news out of the day comes out of the New York Jets front office as they made a trade today with the Indianapolis Colts. They move all the way up to three, but they also sacrificed some picks. Colts get the sixth pick overall, 37th. 40, 49th overall, and then also a second-round pick in 2019. Patrick Chung elects to stay with the New England Patriots. They have given him an extension. All right, good stuff, Dave. Appreciate that. Say hi to your pops. Great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes, save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, where are you on the Cavs now? I mean, they just, I mean, they, look, they might not even be home in the first round. Oh, no, it could happen. Look, oh, oh my they, they still have LeBron James. Yes, they do. I'm expecting LeBron now. I think this is going to actually be telling what happens in the playoffs with him. Obviously, offensively, he has been fantastic. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Def- this is why I say, like, when people say that this is the best LeBron, I argue against that because defensively he is not what he used to be. And his whole team is bad on that end of the floor. Yeah, and he used to be a part of great defensive teams and actually be an anchor for great defensive teams. So I understand it. You're 33 years old. You're in your 15th year. You got to kind of coast on that end. And so what I'm expecting is in the playoffs, he ratchets it up in the on the defensive end, even against Portland. At the end of the game, who'd he take? Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's the LeBron James I know. That he's saying, give me the best man at the end of the game. I think you'll see that type of LeBron in the playoffs, and I think it'll boost the whole team, and that's why I think they'll play better. Now, I still would pick them to win the East, but, you know, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they don't. But I, I still would pick him. I'm I'm starting to open up to something that I would not have thought at any point over the last four years, and that is an NBA Finals that doesn't have the Cavs or the Warriors. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. But but man, but here's the thing. Yeah, I know a bunch of network executives just threw I, up in their mouth a little bit. They're like, "Cool, <laughs> Houston, Toronto." I know, right? Yeah, it better have the Cavs. Woo-hoo. It can have Houston. <laughs> But well, it better have, it better. don't you think? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And look, enough, I love uh, Masai Ujiri, the great GM and president up in Toronto. I mean, he's done a fantastic job. And it's it's not fair that we don't. Fair. It's not fair. But that's life. But we do not want to see Toronto no. in the NBA Finals. <laughs> and when I say we, I feel like I'm speaking for basketball Everybody. nation. Yes. yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You know what I, I I wonder about LeBron? You you made reference to this a little bit ago. He seems different this year, and I don't mean on the court. I mean off. I mean on social media. I mean in the locker room. He seems to be highlighting his personal achievements a lot more. I know this is driving Christine Leahy 
bananas on the herd. I haven't heard her talk about anything else for the last three <laughs> weeks. She just loses her mind on a daily basis about this whole thing. Um, but that's fine. I'm not bothered by it because it's coming from a place of fact. I mean, he is one of the whether you love him or hate him, whatever. He's one of the greatest athletes in the history of our country. So no time, no question. you know, cool. All right, but why is he doing that? To me, is much more interesting. And I wonder if it's not because he knows there isn't going to be a very good outcome to this year, whether they make the finals or not. I almost feel like it might be better for him to not. Really? He, well, if he plays, you really think that if that team plays Houston or Golden State, it might be over in three and a half games. I mean, it, it, they cannot compete. Well, so let, it might in, be better. In, in, it that, might, it, yeah, it might be better to lose nah, a nah. seven gamer in the conference no. finals because that will be. Look, if he loses in the finals, nobody's gonna think like it's on LeBron. Yeah, but remember at all, if he loses in the conference finals or second round, whatever it is, yeah. he doesn't get to the finals. People will look at it as a failure. They don't remember when Jordan did it. Yeah, because once Jordan got to the finals, he never okay. didn't win it. You know what I'm saying? Understood. That, that's the thing. Understood, I mean, this is but- LeBron after he's won, after he's matured and all that. My point is this. People still believe he should win the East. And if he doesn't, they'll view it as a failure. People don't believe he should win the finals. So once he gets to the finals, he's playing with house money. And I would say this. Remember, this is – I'm not – look, I'm, I don't think Cleveland will win the finals. But let's be fair. Kevin Love is out. Kevin Love gets a bad rap. Hell of a he player. is a He's he a is a perennial all-star, 20 and 10 type guy. Obviously, Larry Nash Jr. is out. Tristan Thompson. I mean, and it's going to be an adjustment to those guys. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, they are not playing with a full deck right now. No, I understand so, that. And what I'm disappointed in is the defensive end because they do have the athleticism and the youth and the energy to be better on that end. And again, Maybe with LeBron ratcheting it up in the playoffs, they will get better on that end. But I I would like to see them get to the finals and make it competitive. I don't expect them to win it, but I'd like to see them get there and make it a tough six, tough seven-game series. I tell you, I mean, their familiarity with the Warriors might get them a game. Don't you feel like the way Houston's playing right now? <laughs> I don't know. I they mean, will blow them off the floor. I don't know. I mean, again, because I expect to see a different Cavaliers team and if I'm LeBron James, and I get it, you, you look at your team and you know you're not going to be the favorite or anything like that. But, and he said this, and I hope he means it 100% sincerely in his heart, Give me, get me in the playoffs or get me in the finals and I like my chances. He is, if you're the best player in the world, which he is, I especially if you get Houston, like to me, for all the NBA players or executives, well, the executives don't play. All the NBA players mm-hmm. who have, who want to look at the Warriors and say, it's over. We can't compete with them. I give you the Houston Rockets. Houston has not had the attitude of it's over for the next two, three years. We can't beat them. They have said, you know what, man, look, lace them up. You know what I mean? Lace them up. Clint Capella, he got ripped by Kevin Durant early in the year when he said, we're the better team. I like that. Lace them up. And you throw in the injury potential, you never know. So I hope LeBron James is not sitting there saying, we can't compete with them. I hope he's saying, man, I'm the best player in the world. I just feel like, yeah. I played college basketball on a bad team. 
And I never, I never went out there. We played teams at a higher division. Like, I was Division Three. We played Division Two team. That was a good Division Two team. I didn't go out there thinking, we're going to get stomped. <laughs> I went out there, and we did get stomped. Yep. But I went out there thinking, all right, let's get it in. And, you know, 10 10 to happen for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe the first half you hang around. But you're thinking you can win. I would, And I wasn't the best player in the nation on our in our conference on our team. I would think LeBron James, best player in the world, is saying, get me in the playoffs. I'm Fourth seed, fifth seed, get me to the finals. And we especially with the Warriors being injury look, get me there and I think we can win. So I hope he I, isn't. I think he's saying isn't. get me to the Lakers. Get <sighs> me to the Lakers. You wouldn't be disappointed. Hashtag future. <laughs> if the best player in the world I, is thinking <laughs> I can't win it. I'm kidding. Kind but of, I'm just asking. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's go in the zone. Here we go. Looks like Chris said something on his podcast that we need to debate. What? It's time to go. Come on. In the zone. All right, what you got this week? I don't think this is going to be a debate, but I think Kevin Durant's the best player on the Warriors, but Steph Curry is the most important player on the Warriors. And if he is not healthy come playoff time, they can't win it. As great as they are and as great a talent as they have elsewhere, they can't win it. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I do agree with you. And uh, a little teeny tiny of it a bit is about the fact that they now, they don't really have anything behind him at that position. You could move Livingston into that spot. They don't have Ian Clark anymore. But they just don't have anything behind it. But and you think in the past it was they didn't really have much behind him nah, other than I, Livingston. I just good. also I think that Steph Curry, for as much as he gets talked about and the attention he gets and the fans he has, I also think his ability is probably more misunderstood than any other player in the NBA because the average NBA fan looks at Steph Curry and goes, "Wow, that guy might be the greatest shooter of all time." Correct dot, 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 and so many other things that you're not noticing. His ability with the handle, his ability to break down a defense, his court vision, and above all, at his size, the ability to finish at the rim at the NBA level is so, so, so underrated. And when the Warriors don't have that, they miss a huge aspect of their game. What happens when they're missing Kevin Durant is they actually kind of become a better passing team. (laughs) Like, let's be honest. No, the ball We, we more, look yeah. at the NBA and, and right, Carmelo Anthony, we're now in an age where we're like, let's stop all this ball stopper stuff. And the Warriors are the ones that took that out of style. They're like, move, move, move yep. the ball. There's only one guy on that team that has a little bit of it in him, and yeah. that's Kevin Durant. Yeah, I wouldn't say, and I don't think you're saying He's not bad. He, yeah, he's not a ball but stopper. He, no, but, but yeah, he's but the only one that in certain possessions will just be like, I got yep. this for a second. Clay well, doesn't do it. And, and I'll tell you what you notice when Steph is not there, they play like everybody else. They, and it is Durant. Because they don't have any other options. Yeah, it's Durant right. doing his thing for the most part. And he, you know, he's a willing passer and a good passer. Yes. And he makes plays for other guys. But they play a lot more like Cleveland. <laughs> With LeBron doing everything, it becomes Durant doing everything. And they're not nearly as effective. No, they look a lot like uh, Oklahoma City without – I mean, they're just like – Kevin Durant's uh, Robin is a is a different looking thing as opposed to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, a lot different. You know, it's, it's Clay, and then there's a little bit of Dre in there or whatever. 
It's still a good team, but I'm telling you, man, I'm a believer in the Houston Rockets. I am too. I think I, if everybody's healthy, I'll favor the Warriors, but hell, man, if the Warriors are a little dinged up, the Rockets have home court in that series, it looks like. So what's the percentage you're at? I was at 30%, I don't know, two months ago. Now? Wow, you're up above 30? A little, a little. It, okay. it, look, it, if you say everybody's healthy on both sides, I'm going to probably go, I'm going to stay around 30, between 30 and 35 for the Rockets, percent. But if Steph, and, and we had Marcus Thompson on, you know, for the Athletic, has covered the Warriors for years. He knows Steph as well as any writer out there. He said, remember, he he downplayed the seriousness, like Steph's not concerned. Yeah, Steph it's no big was deal. over there partying on yeah. the sideline last night. But he did say he wouldn't be surprised if Steph injured the ankle again in the sure. playoffs. So how could okay. you be surprised so, at this point? So if Steph does, if you're going to tell me Steph injures his ankle, sits, has to sit some games, isn't 100%, then if I'm going to move the Warriors way, I mean, the, the Rockets way up and maybe oh, even favor him. Favor him. Okay. If Steph's not 100%, I favor the Rockets. If he's playing but not 100%. You're saying if he's 80% playing? If he's playing? playing and not 100%, I think it's about 50-50. Yeah, that's, I still, if, he's, if, he's if he's playing out, and pretty good, I still probably if he's out, give I the favor Warriors Houston. Oh, if yeah, no everybody's question. healthy, I give Houston a 28.9% uh, chance. 28.9. Uh, but I still think I the Warriors I tell you what, away. this is the one thing I will say, and I think w- with some degree of certainty, the playoffs are going to be a lot better than we thought they were when the year started. Well, I don't think just Houston. They'll get better earlier than they have been. Oh, well, last year they weren't good well, at all. Look, for the I mean, first for the Rockets, time, I don't feel for the like Warriors, I, they ran through Yeah, everybody. and I don't, even, I don't feel like I know exactly what's going to happen in the East. And I feel like in the West, there's a very intriguing uh, series right out of the gate. I still think it probably just ends with Golden State and Houston. Oh, yeah. But, but, the, but, but the rest of the West is intriguing, too. And I, look, how about, and, and I think Golden State would win without question, but how about Golden State-Portland in the second round? No, I don't want that. You don't want that if you're Golden State. That, but that's who you're going to get. Uh, Dame, I mean, it Dame, still could Dame, be a shake-up. Dame's a scary player. Dame, and look. That's a scary player. And I'm going to say this. Look, players have respect. There's a big storyline that's been for years. Why don't guys respect Steph Curry? First of all, they do respect it. But there is a little y'all up there saying he the best player in the world, man. He ain't that. You know what I mean? Like sure. most of the ultra elite point guards out there think they're better. They don't like the fact that he doesn't really guard or even attempt to, you know, play the other point guard usually when he's on the defensive end of the floor. But I guarantee you this. Damian Lillard, hmm. Kyrie Irving felt the same way. I'm sure they all the elite ones. When he sees Steph Curry, because they feel like all y'all saying this dude's better than me, and we are. And by the way, <laughs> all Dame, y'all saying this dude's better than me. Yep, I'm gonna show you. And Dame's also from Oakland. Yes, he's always got. Yes, his, 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 he's always perked up for that. Yes. Matchup. So yeah. and then you got McCollum, like, and they played even though they got beat. What five was it? It's a good last series. year or two years ago? It was two years ago. Yeah, they it played was, them. Steph, tough. Steph, Steph missed was hurt. some yep. of the games in that series. Yeah. All right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Uh, the last segment we're ever going to do together, except for not probably not really, but but is uh, <laughs> is coming up next. Big time NFL free agent. Why hasn't he signed yet? We'll tell you next. All right, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, and oh look, it's Rob Parker, everybody. My new so 
Uh-oh. Yeah, My yeah. new partner so in crime. It's kind of like, um, let me think what it's like. Like, let's say you're dating, you're dating somebody, and then you break up and you're dating somebody else. And then those two people that you're dating, they drop you and start dating each other. Uh-oh. Like that's what that's what just happened here. That's what it has to so, feel like. You know, you 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 seen those relationships though where everybody gets along. Yes. Where the ex-wife and the ex-husband and his new wife, they all get along like great. A nuclear, yeah. This is a that's, 2018 that's good, family. Right? But yeah, it, but it's it all is family. it is weird. I agree because I first started. <laughs> With Willard, uh-huh. oh, you, I, I was first. Oh, y'all started. Oh, right. so we you, did a show we did together a show on Saturday morning. Before yes. then, 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 so he you was your last over. partner before me. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It went. It went, and there was a bunch of partners before this. But the the FS1 thing started with Joy. Yep. And then Joy was like, "Yeah, I'm, I knew I'm, Joy." Joy's like, "I'm tired because I now I get, now I gotta get up every yeah. morning." And then Rob, and then Chris. And, and then, then now you now me and now Rob. you two are gonna do a show together on Sundays from six to nine Eastern. Yes, yes. Three to six Pacific. We okay. have a name too. Oh, you got a name. I'm gonna let Rob do it because he's, it was, he's the the brain you child. Know that. Oh, no, am. this is big because is it Rob and Chris or Chris and Rob? No, it's very good. Okay, what is it? We can't do that. It is uh, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. <laughs> oh, Fox Sports Radio's Odd Couple. That's the the, odd, the yeah. odd couple. How come you couldn't do, go do, with like Golden the Girls theme. or something you, like that? Yo, like, can you hit me with that beat? There we go. You'll find hit it. me with no. that. He never even heard that. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't no. even think Nick was born yeah, when like, the odd couple was on. What are you I mean, talking about? Do you remember that? Nick, Nick, do you? Can we get? I'm, I'm giving him. I'm giving. I'm trying to give him time. Good to, Lord. To get, if it's not hip hop after 2001, uh, Nick doesn't have. Have any you idea have you run this did. name up the flagpole, or you just did it? Here we go. Oh, Here yeah. we go. Did you he, just do it, or did Shapiro he, say he's okay with it? Shapiro's yeah, great. Yeah, he loves it. it. You're alienating now we, anybody Nick, who's under 45 years old. Nick, Nick, what we that, gonna right? do? We're going to put a hip-hop beat behind that. It's going to be like a nice mix. I got to talk to Alex. Okay. We'll work on that. Mix right. it up, and then he's got a, we got a theme I, and entry and everything. I got, a, I got a name for, for I'm my Oscar, my new he's Felix. Okay, yeah, which one is which? <laughs> yeah, that, be careful. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. He said he don't want to be yeah. Felix. I yeah. know. Here we yeah. go. Pause. All right, so. Pause. Um, pause. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't say it. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a new name for uh, for for my new show too. It's it's called uh, uh, Mark Willard and Jim Jackson. Oh, is that that's what it's hey, called. Hey, yeah, look, that's an upgrade for me to Jim Jackson. I wasn't gonna say anything, nah, but look, Jim I mean, is they the call man. me Warrior Willard, and now I get to work with Jim somebody who actually played with the Warriors. That's right, that's as right. opposed that's to right. you. you t- yeah, that's Warrior Willard. Oh yeah, now see that's <laughs> manifestation right there. See. I worked wow. with you two clowns, and now I get to play. Now you get, work with someone who play for the Warriors. Right, you got a, you got a real pro. I now tell in you the what, room. like you, you 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 started out <laughs> with like a dating reference, but when you went through everything, like uh-huh. you were with Rob, then me, then we're the, like that ref. When you think about it in those terms, it's really like no, let's not use the dating. You don't want to like, do that. No, it, it, but it, I know it, what he's when saying. When you think now. about that love, but that's a love <laughs> triangle where everybody's with everybody. It wasn't just. I'm going. Well, that's from just me. I've worked with him. I've worked with it. Ed. Was you went from him to me to I'm going to him? Like, right. it, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Rob you know Ryan, I mean? which one of you is dating Rob Ryan uh, now? It's, oh, it's, no. it was which all... one of you dating Rob Ryan? <laughs> can't do that one. Joy Taylor, Joy can't, Taylor, can't do it. Can't do it. it. All can't do it. All right, so you guys on Sunday from three to six Pacific. I'll be on from noon to three Pacific, right before you with Jim Jackson. 
And I'll still do uh, Saturdays 1 to 5 with my weekday partner, Rich Ornberger, who's going to jump into the mix. Very it's nice. Be the Y'all good with that? Yes. It's going to be the Okay, bottom. gentlemen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.